So slurping is probably not a good idea, right? Slurping? Yeah, I hate when you do that. Yeah, it's not going to work with the... I don't want to wreck the microphone. No, it's just... It's, it's fucking annoying. To get rid of the sound? No, it's or in real life? Do anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, there's your fucking GoPro. Thank you. When do you want to? We'll start it as soon as we start talking to him. Then, if you want, I could run another angle at the phone or you're not looking to. No, no, we don't want to. No, we're not doing a fucking U2 concert. Welcome to the NEPA Scene Podcast. This is episode 37. We're coming to you from the Stude at 258 Studios in Scranton. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I am Mark Denebaum, and I am here. Hi, I'm Jared Tobin, and I'm here today, too. Unfortunately. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And uh, we're here with uh, Tom Borthwick, who is a local uh, teacher and political blogger. Something like that. <laughs> yes, that's me, Tom Borthwick. Well, it's like educator, writer, blogger, yeah, all yeah. around good guy, connoisseur of good food, and he's got his own movie coming out. I mean, this my God, true. you know, it's it's, it's a it's a film, yeah, it's a film, yeah, a film, yeah, film. That's how we pronounce it in West Side. <laughs> yeah, Jerry. Yeah, you can. You can hear me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, because the waveform isn't popping up. Well, that's because. Will you shut up? Nope. I checked all this shit before. This is why I don't want you here. <laughs> as you can tell uh jer is uh filling in for lauren lauren could make it this week uh, uh, lauren is doing her civic duty and making sure that she votes in new jersey so that's why she is not with us that's really today. respectable it is it really is she took off work just to make sure that she can vote for the right people that'll help her family and uh appropriate and considering community. that's what our you know topic is today uh i mean i guess we'll we'll start out by just talking about what we've been up to so we've been gone for like two months uh last week of august yeah yeah uh it's it's it was weird because i mean you know we've almost been like a, a, a almost like a full year of really doing this and then all of a sudden to to, to stop in the middle like that but uh i think we had a pretty good excuse uh considering uh the fire right down the road combustion happens yeah yeah and that's uh, kind of what happened so the uh, sandone tire warehouse went up in flames and uh apparently those those flames got pretty damn close they were 30 feet that's insane <laughs> wow that is crazy <laughs> so uh and and there was just a there was just a story about marky recently that uh you know a lot of people had read in the uh, scranton times and uh kind of talked about the uh almost watching this place go up with it which is a pretty scary it, thought. It, it it was. I thought that that's what we were going to talk about, but we ended up talking about uh, yeah, fa- you failures talk, as a youth. You talked about some deep stuff there, man. It was very deep. Yeah. Um, Patrice um, Wilding wrote an amazing article, and um, I'm a whore for publicity, and I didn't know that it was going to be that bare your soul yeah. thing. But as soon as she came in, she's like, now when you get sober. And I was like, oh, uh, this is what we're doing? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's roll with it. I'll uh, I'll make my, I'll ask for forgiveness, not for permission. It was your Bar- Barbara honest. Walters moment. Yeah. Yeah. If you were a twee. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I've been Arbor Vitae. And uh, I want to block my neighbor's view. Yeah. That's all I want to do is make people's life difficult. But I want a good look. I want a good view. Um, no, she was really cool. And um, props to her. I mean, she's been through hell, too. But um, she's just amazing. And, you know, 
at the end of the day, I, I still get a friend that I get to uh, uh, text message. And congratulations on her her wedding. She just got betrothed to, a, uh, from what I understand, an amazing scientist. Hmm. She, yeah, she married a scientist. They're few and far between anymore, it seems. I know. I know. I asked her about it. When was the last time you met a scientist, you know? Not often. Yeah. Or ever, even. Cher, you ever met a scientist on your internet travels? Never. They don't exist. It's a sham. Is it? <laughs> we have a conspiracy theorist in our midst. It's just like the state of Wyoming. That It's, it's not imagine. real? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, name one person you know who's been there. Uh, Jimmy. He's not here. He's Jimmy, been, Jimmy he, played a gig. I think it was, no, it was, it was Wisconsin. I'm sorry. Say, I got confused with the upside down M's. <laughs> they confused me. Um, yeah, no, it was, it's the last two months. Uh, I just want to say um, thank you to everyone who, uh, number one, when, when the fire happened. And I want to make it you know abundantly clear, like, yeah, sand don't cut fire. Um, I don't know or think any one or any particular thing was at fault. There was people in that building. Um, I, I don't know if people lost their jobs, but I know that they lost time. And I know Cooper's um, was amazing. And they lost a couple of days. Um, being open. We're a small cog in that experience. Um, I just apparently, people gravitated towards my understanding of it. Um, (laughs) I really wasn't uh, looking to make a name of anything. I was just, it was my, it was my therapy. All the social media posts was just like, (laughs) it's all going. I should document this for all those days I want to cry into my pillow. Um, But honestly, like, you know, I, I, I feel uh, I have nothing but um, sympathy and understanding for Sandone, for Coopers. Um, and, and the and, firefighters who had to oh fight that shit. I mean, for days and days and days as this thing burned. They were on our, they were on our, Covington Township, I think, was on our roof. And uh, we bought them breakfast the next day because oh, they nice. were so awesome. But the thing about that fire, were you, Jerry, were you here for that? Did you did you come up yeah, for the for, fire? For a couple hours, I was out with you guys. I mean, you can't really... That was one of those fires. It's like, I, I tried to explain it like the Grand Canyon where I'm like, you can take a picture of it, but unless you're really there, like you really don't realize how big that fire was. Yeah, it was really... It was a visual sight. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking Aren't like all the... sights really, visual? Yeah. yeah. Technically. Yeah. Yeah. Have you just, met Jer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the the Simpsons tire fire, you know, that has the sign. It's like been burning since ninety whatever. <laughs> I'm surprised. Stuff, I'm know? surprised they got it out in like six days. Um, but they tore that thing down real quick, and right now it's it's very nice. I hope they put a park there or something. Um, oh, yeah, that would be nice. But it it's would, not gonna it would, it would be, be nice. Yeah, that's but not, not in Scranton. But. Um, but yeah, like everybody that was, you know, that thought about us and Jimmy and and Two Sticks and Corey and, um. Tom, like it was, it was really nice. Like the outpouring of support was awesome. People were like, what do you, what can we grab? You know? And they just showed up. Yeah. Cause you had to take, uh, all this equipment out of here. Cause obviously it's smoke and water damage. Yeah. We had to take place. as much equipment as possible. I grabbed the hard drives. Um, and that was, and, and I got real lazy about it. I'm like, I'll grab the hard drives. Everything else is replaceable. And, but then we ended up just helping Jimmy get all it as much as we could before the power got cut. So everything that was left behind, it was like, it was like you grab the kids first, then you grab your husband, then you grab the dog. We grabbed the kids first. Some of the husband and the dog were kind of like left behind. So that's why he didn't get, <laughs> he didn't get all of his uh, stuff up and running until like, you know, last week. Cause he had to tear everything. It's really easy to destroy stuff. It's very hard to, to build it back up again. Sure. So he had to, um, 
every piece of equipment was shrink wrapped and gone through with a fine tooth tooth <laughs> digital comb to get everything out because what um apparently what smoke damage does is eventually it turns acidic mm. and it starts to eat all of your electronics. So we had to get all that cleaned up and that took a couple of weeks. And then there was, so you had a crew in here too, right? Like a professional cleaning yeah, crew? Yeah, we, we, we had those guys in here and then we had like this guy who was like a defogger. <laughs> he was that is the greatest job title ever. He was amazing. He just <laughs> what do you sh- do? I'm a defogger. I don't know what he sprayed in the, he's like, well, he's like, you can kind of go into the building. He's like, but you might pass out because it sucks all the oxygen out. And I'm like, so like it's a vacuum in space. And he's like, well, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever really died. <laughs> and really. I'm like, all right, I'll stay outside. Um, <laughs> Might have been a coma or five. Yeah, but it, like it fills up, like it fogs. It's like it's like a it's like if you put the um, the renews it on wide open where it's just of potpourri. Right. <laughs> and, it, and apparently, what it does is it sucks all the smoke molecules and just kills them. I don't know how it works. That's beyond my realm of science. Um, but yeah, it's been tough. I still have like PTSD from that night. And it's not like to to put myself in, in the shoes of someone who's like experienced combat or severe trauma. I just, for, for like that night, like my heart hasn't stopped beating. Yeah. Where I can feel it. And it's weird. Hmm. Well, you're back. Welcome back. I'm back. We're back. We're all back. Rich has been on my ass for like six weeks. <laughs> and I finally was able to pull it together tonight. <laughs> and you're our first guest. I, I, this is an honor. Well, you should be honored. I'm, God damn it! This is great. So, uh, I guess we'll move into that segment then. Let's uh, let's talk to Tom. Do you want to update the site or no, or do you want to just go into Tom? Yeah, we'll just we'll just go into Tom. We'll talk about Tom. Don't you have to clap? I have the clap. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clap for the other segments All if right. we do them. That sounds good. We'll just try to find it. Well, no, we'll go like, hey, we're into Tom, and it'll be like this robot noise, and then we'll go. Don't you have to clap? And that's how the edit will go. <laughs> so that'll be that'll be my that'll be my be great. catchphrase. Don't yeah. you have to clap? Don't you have to clap? <laughs> and then I'll go like, no, I have to clap. And then everyone's and then like, like <laughs> and then they're like, oh, track. they're like, oh, this honest guy. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get let's talk to Tom. I don't want to get into Tom. I want to talk to Tom. That's good. Both sound yeah. good. I don't want to get it. I want to get in the plane, not on it. <laughs> so let's go. So Tom, tell us about yourself. <laughs> oh Jesus! Come on, can't you be more specific? All right. Well, first uh, I was a zygote. Yes, I began as a zygote and uh, eventually worked my way into the world. Um, as of right now, my as a main profession, I'm a teacher. Teach at the Riverside School District. Uh, I'm heavily involved in my union. I'm the communications director, and so uh, I don't know if it'll come up later, but we've been going without a contract for three years now. And uh, Scranton just had their strike. Old Forge just had a strike. Forest City just authorized a strike. So, Mid Valley just had an agreement. Yeah, yeah, that was surprising. I didn't think that was going to happen, but they got it. An was uh, the vote? I think uh, Jimmy told me was ninety nine to eighteen. Oh well, good, good, good. So there's that. Um, so I'm involved in that. I'll let you know which side Jimmy. I'll let you assume which side Jimmy fell on. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just to get the list quick, I am an adjunct professor at Marywood. Love doing that. Uh, Rich called me a political blogger. I used to do that more religiously. Now it's more like if something passionate strikes me, I'll. I'll blog about it. So I'm still out there in that regard, probably still making enemies. Uh, my last major, major post was about uh, how Wayne Evans. Um, He's he running said, for council, right? So, yeah. He said he was not going to run and then ran. And you just failed my politician test when you did the exact opposite of what you said you would do. Was so, that the post that you did October 14th? Not that I was paying attention. No, that was uh, that was my Bernie Sanders 
right. I think no, not Bernie Sanders. Excuse me. That was my Democratic debate response. The one that I oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah. So uh, it's it's few and far between. Actually, I spend most of my cre- creative time uh, writing short stories. Uh, I've had quite a few of my sci-fi short stories published, and one of them is got is getting made into uh, a movie, Solosium, which we'll talk about later, presumably. So and no, then, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and uh, let's see. And I've been married for two years. That's also new. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> so, that's that's a new development. Yeah, well, it feels new because, you know, every time I turn around, I've got to remodel something else in the house. So she freshly, Well, you're the man. Yeah, she freshly reminds me at least once a month about When you know, did you when did you get started uh I I know politics around here is especially, you know, coming from my side of, of you know, working sure. with campaigns, mm-hmm. but when did when did you kind of like hop into it? Well, with, especially with the blog. Yeah. So, okay. So my political involvement started, I, my mother is Italian and Lebanese loud, the whole, the whole, the whole family's loud and politics. Right. I mean, tomorrow is election day. I'm going to be getting calls from my relatives all over the country asking how are the Scranton races? What's going on? Here's what's going on up here. It's just, that's how I grew up. So when I was in college, I finally said to my mother, um, I said, Ma, I want to get into politics. Can you? <laughs> I finally said to my mother, "Can I have money for food?" Yeah. Well, after she after she gave me money for food, uh, she said, "Yeah, I'll call Alex Cesuri. Um, You know, they they know each other just from the Lebanese community. So I sat down with Alex, and uh, he he's been a mentor of mine ever since. We're still close, of course. And yeah, Alex is the one with the amazing hair, right? Amazing hair. Okay. Yeah, and it's just all his, him, his wife and my mom are fun. Oh, they, sure. They, I'm they, sure they are. They're they're buddies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His wife works with your mom. His hair is it's incredible. Glorious. And it's natural. I know. That's the amazing thing. I know. Yeah, Mark, because your mom's a teacher as well, right? She is. She's a weebly blue West Sider. <laughs> yeah. I, we'll talk about that moving on because I, I, I want to. There was an yeah. observation I made with the, the Scranton strike, and I just want to get your opinion on it when we get to it. Yeah, yeah, sure. So just to, to wrap it up, I mean, I, I joined. Alex got me hooked up with the Kerry campaign back in 04. And uh, I, I worked. I worked. <laughs> Should have won. I know. I know. <laughs> God damn it! Where's Technically he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I. Uh, Wait. Did he or was no. that Gore? Well, Gore, Gore technically Gore, tec- Gore, Gore technically, technically won. won. The Supreme Court decided who then, won that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you know it was just all downhill from there. But uh, that was the election. I went. We deserve this. Yeah. I was in film school at that time. I'm like, we deserve this. Yeah. We just we made a mistake and we're paying for it. Yeah. Um, but Kerry's just so, John Kerry was just so like blah. He was bad. Yeah, he went Paris. You know, he's like parasailing off Nantucket. But I don't Sound. think. But People I don't, don't think, relate to that. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's not. I don't think he's not qualified. Oh, for no, the job. I, I, I just think he was just like. Well, it, you know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. The one deal with uh, the, the you look at the Republican debates and the Democratic debates. Republicans take it like it's it looks like it's an entertainment situation. Yeah, and people respond better to that than to a cognitive discuss you know a deep discussion into policy issues. No one wants to hear numbers. No, they want to hear how I'm building hear- a beautiful wall. Yeah. So that's what they want. That's, that wall's going to be beautiful. And they're going to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to make Mexico pay for all of our problems. Isn't that I theft? like that guy. <laughs> you know, like, he sounds really intelligent. Isn't that blackmail? Well, and, and that's why Kerry wasn't going to get anywhere. I mean, the guy went, you know, went to Harvard or excuse me, Yale. And, uh, you know, all the every time he's on there, he's going nuts with his, his vocabulary and no, people aren't going to relate to that. They they want someone they can drink a beer with. I don't want someone I could drink a beer with. I can yeah. go to Westside and find that. I don't want my president. You know, I want my president to be above me. Yeah, I want. I want to be afraid to drink a beer with him unless it's a craft beer, because obviously, well, it seems, well like, <laughs> it seems like the growing consensus is that oh, it, it, you know, politics being a president, uh, 
you don't need to be educated. Well, you don't need to be smart. Just any normal Joe. Yeah, and people do people it. don't give the right kind of shit, I guess. Uh, and this is the guy running the free world. Like, would you think of like speaking of politics? Like, if, if you were gonna have brain surgery, would you like want to be in the emergency room and be like, you know what? I Jer's the kind of guy I think I can have a conversation yeah, with. Right. I kind of want him to operate <laughs> on my head. Doctor, can I have a beer yeah. with you? Yeah, I, uh, I, sir. I don't. We don't have that relationship, and I don't want to. Well, then I, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want someone who can run intellectual circles around you. You know. Yeah, like, exactly. And that, uh, and so that actually is part of why I got involved. Um, because I, before I became quite as cynical as I am now, uh, I thought that maybe I could make a difference. So did I. <laughs> yeah, it's not. That's not how it goes. Uh, it's, I, I'm more comfortable now behind the scenes. I, I can, I can't check effect change in the forefront. I can, I can work behind the scenes and, and do my thing and have more of an effect than the, uh, than, than just being a poster boy, you know, like I tried to be as a, as a school board candidate when I ran and with the blog, that was kind of, uh, that was kind of the idea too. If I can get out there and maybe say something to make people think, and I and and the reason that I shut it down and I'll never forgive myself, uh, I shut it down because everyone said you can't run for office and criticize people, and I was too stupid to not take their advice. So I shut the blog down because I didn't want to offend people who could potentially be voting for me. Scranton's a really small town. If you say one thing about one person, you've alienated fifty different families because right. they like that guy. You know, he bought me. I re- I remember people will say that guy bought me a beer. I'm voting for him. I mean, it, it's, it was typical. And candidates do. And they do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I even did. I, I would stop at a bar on the way home after campaigning a long day. I'd shoot the bar. I mean, I would talk to people and try to do it substantially. But, you know. You weren't just paying for drinks play, at the Mega Touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't hiding in the corner, you know, dancing sadly to myself. Um, you know, I was trying to meet people and learn about them and so on and so forth. And I don't see that the way that I would like to see it. Uh, like this race this time around, I'm so unenthusiastic about it. I mean, I like a lot of the candidates and friendly with a lot of them, but it's really underwhelming. And why do you think there's, there's 30% turnout? We're going to be, if we get 30%, it's going to be lucky. La- uh, 2011, which is the analogous election or 2012. I forget. That was the 2011. Yeah. yeah. 2011 is the analogous yeah. race. They had 33%. And this one's even less contentious. So it's probably going to be less. There's no incentive. So that informs my current cynicism because I can, it's sad. I can understand why people don't give a shit. Because you know, not that I mean, I could have done a lot of things better. But I worked my ass off when I ran. I get out of work at three. I would knock on doors until sundown. I would go to political events and local charitable events uh, until nine or ten. Ten, I'd be at a corner bar trying to meet people who are out late. Maybe have third shift jobs. I'd be home by midnight, and then I'd be making phone calls until two in the morning to people who I knew were up to plan the next day. And I did that. And then you go back to work. And then I go back to next work the next day. And I did that for three straight months. I lost 15 pounds um, just knocking. Yeah, it was crazy. And then this is for a job that pays nothing. Zero, zero. It was just because I cared. Um, And there's just there's there was too much to crack for a guy like me um, who people are unfamiliar with my last name. And that meant that does matter because people are more likely to vote for people they're familiar with. I don't condemn them for it. But nobody's going to be looking at a school board race. Everyone turns out for a presidential because it's in your face. I didn't have the money to be in your face, so it sucks for anyone who wants to break. But did in. you have to canvas all of Scranton? Oh yeah, yeah, and that's just not possible for one human being. It's not even. And I had help. My brothers would help. My buddies would help, and it was still not nearly enough. Scranton. There are seventy-two thousand residents of Scranton. I forget. There might be like forty-three thousand homes, and 
I don't know how many of those contain voters, but I hit as many areas as I could, but it's not logistically possible for one man. Not in three months. Nope. With, and, a, with a day job. Yeah. And well, and not, not only that, you can't go earlier than three months. People don't pay attention. No, and, nobody and, does. And they barely, they don't pay attention three months earlier. They pay attention the weekend before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, know, so. you build up your name rack and then you really pound them, you know, the I, week well, before. Yeah, look at all the shit you're getting in your mailboxes now. It's That's because, they're, yeah, they're hoping that you're going to look and see, oh, I, I remember that name. Now, did you catch a lot of shit um, because of the blog? Yeah, a lot. Oh, yeah. And, I, uh, I, I was, was going to ask uh, if you made any sort of enemies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now I see it's probably part of my me as a teacher. Um, when I grade a student's assignment, I'm not telling them they're a bad person. I'm trying to make them better. You it's constructive that. criticism. Yes. 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 And I'm direct about it. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't say, well, I'm not an Oreo cookie guy. Like this was bad. This was good. This was bad. I'm just like, if it's all bad, it's all bad. So, uh, people don't respond well to that. And, um, people are really, uh, passive aggressive a lot of the time. And I'm aggressive aggressive, I guess, when it comes to criticism, because I feel like the only way for you to get better at anything is to be criticized. You don't, right. you don't get better if you're right. You you only improve if you're wrong. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I mean, someone should tell. I have Trump. nowhere to. I have nowhere to grow. Then <laughs> Trump has nowhere to grow. Um, so uh, yeah. so what kind of shit? What kind of shit were you getting? So uh, if I I remember a couple, without like naming names. Yeah, or, yeah, there were a couple times where I would criticize school board decisions, and um, I would be friendly, and I and I would never think that a criticism constructive would ever affect a friendship or or a relationship but you weren't writing like what a douchebag yeah, oh no 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 it was like this decision is going to cost the district this much money here's why here's what they should have done instead simple stuff that you think somebody in my do. opinion yeah, yeah 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 and and i would back it up with logic and reason and usually numbers i, I mean you rich you know how it goes with go lackawanna you wouldn't open your mouth unless you knew what you were talking about absolutely well i mean otherwise they'd come after you yeah right? exactly and and, I, and with a blog i guess i had a little bit more cover because it's more editorializing but I still didn't want to say anything that was untrue because it's my reputation on the line. So right. I so I remember in particular one time I happened to see one of the guys I criticized at a bar. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Good to see you. And he turned my his back to me. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, can't believe you wrote that shit about me. I'm like, what? I was offering like a, an alternative, a suggestion. I, you know, was my suggestion off? And I genuinely didn't get where why he was upset. And then people like, you know, he was really offended that you wouldn't that you wouldn't make your suggestion before he did that. Well, I didn't know he was going to do what he did. So, you know, I can't, I'm it's not, I'm not going to write down everything I think of and call everyone. Yeah. And it, it, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking yeah. a decision it, that maybe in the future you won't do again. Yeah. And I remember uh, I was at a Democratic dinner one year and some guy who I didn't even know grabbed me and said, you need to cut the shit out with that blog. And uh, like it's like like it's like you're, you're like you're breaking into somebody's house. Yeah, yeah. Well, you need to stop breaking into people's houses. I'm writing stuff. If you're offended by it, don't read it. Yeah. Well, and and then I learned when I got into. But see, Tom, that's the thing that affects change. No, I know. And 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 so the reason why I said it earlier that I'm I'm ashamed and full of regret is because when I ran for office, uh, somebody told me you're either a politician or a commentator. You cannot be both. So the logic worked with me and I shut my mouth. I shut down the blog. Don't politicians comment on shit? They do, but in locally, on the local level, they really almost always say nothing substantive uh, in terms of criticism of other people. Because again, small town, you will alienate entire blocks of people, huge ones. Look at uh, the conflict with the Scranton Federation of Teachers. They withdrew their endorsement from, from three, three candidates and are running insurgent writing campaigns now. Now, do I think those campaigns are going to be successful? No, but 
you're looking at a, at a thousand member union who you just pissed off, who's really activist, who's not afraid to, to protest you know, very publicly. Yeah. And they, they brought in their national union leader. And so you're not going to want to piss that group off. So think about it in Scranton. If I'm going to, I can't be openly critical of school board member X because school board member X has 500 voters that I'm going to lose if I do that. And that's a calculation that all local politicians make and it sucks. And I, and, and I'm, I don't even blame them for their decisions, but they're handicapped and we're the ones that are going to suffer in the end because you're not going to hear the whole story. You can get the whole story if you catch them at a bar and get them a drink or two, but you're never going to hear that whole story publicly, which would make for a much more dynamic political arena. And I bet you more people would vote. Can I, can I, tell, you, can I tell you an inside political story that will blow Ooh, your mind? Wait. Can't wait. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, but I won't name a name. <clears throat> There's, there was a certain county uh, commissioner that was running for county commissioner back in 2011. I was helping out another candidate because, you know, friend, I, I was just starting my business, you know, friends of my family. My mother basically put the edict out that like, you need to help him or I will, or I will kill you. So I said, okay. It's your mother. Of course. Um, so my grandmother asked me, who do I vote for? And I said, vote for this guy. He's actually a really nice guy. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's, he's, he's really good. And I, and I don't think he can be bought. Like, I think he's one of those guys that's like, he's going to, he's going to go with his conscience and, and do what he think is right. So one of these other candidates that were running for office happened to knock on my grandmother's door, whom proceeded to tell said candidate who I was and who I told her to vote for. And then on election day, said candidate walked up to me and I was cordial. I, I've been cordial with him before. And I shook his hand and I said, hey, what's going on? And he squoze my hand. And he got real close and he goes, I know where you fucking stand. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I, I laughed oh. in his. So I la- I didn't know what well, to do. I laughed I, in his face. I would laugh. It's hilarious. That's and that's the game. That's the game that these people play. They they kind of get into a bubble and they push themselves into it. Uh, that was the thing that uh, that the candidate we were doing his his wife is amazing. And she said to me when like the numbers started coming in, she goes, she goes, what did we do? Like what's wrong? Like like our goal was to go from if we can go from last place to not last place, it would be considered a success. Um, and she goes, where did we go wrong? And that like bothered me for like two months. And then I finally realized I'm like, holy shit, we were in the bubble. Yeah. Like, oh, we, we didn't. Oh, we yeah. didn't think about outside the bubble. Like we worried about what, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Doherty Deceit. We were worried about yeah. what he was writing instead of being like, let's just be honest people. Yeah. One, uh, a buddy of mine once said that there are probably about 500 people in Lackawanna County that are interconnected politically. So when anything happens to anyone. It circles this group of 500 over and over and over again. And then it becomes a narrative that reaches no one but them. So people are like, I can't believe he lost on election day. Or I can't believe he won on election day. Well, you're just talking to the same people who right. talk to the same people. Right. Like, you know, I'll hear a rumor from three different people and it came from one source. But enough people repeat it. And it's like, oh, well, this must be going on then. And it's not like that at all. Um, so... That's one of the reasons why I, I knocked on a lot of doors when I ran for office to try and see what the average Joe is thinking. But that, you know, you don't you don't see that a lot. I remember um, when one particular school board candidate uh, said uh, in the paper on the front page that he didn't knock on any doors um, and he won just fine. Wow. Um, nice kid. But, you know, you was this work. was this the person who has a very specific last name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A very famous last name? Yeah. I mean, a Rob Casey. I mean, I'll tell him he, to his face that he won because of his name. I'm sure he knows. I don't begrudge him that, but, at, you know, I mean, come on, put in the work. 
<laughs> that's that's why I kind of wish my name was John Shaft. <laughs> I love it. Why so that, it? Because I would run I'd be I'd run as Shaft. I'd be like a seventies kick with ass. the afro and everything. No, no, just yeah. John Shaft. That would be that would be awesome. Wouldn't might that be a, be a great name? Might or be George enough. Clooney. I don't even need to know what you're running for. You're, <laughs> no, you I, could, I could I could be running for coroner and have absolutely no experience Anyone with run, that. Yeah, you and they'd be absolutely. like John Shaft. Yeah, and you we're could, going for Shaft <laughs> on the billboards. You could just stand there like this. And no, 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 no. You'll never see me. Oh, okay. it's just the logo. Just shaft. And the, well, the slogan could be "Get shafted this November." <laughs> that would I think. No, you don't want to get no because the opposition would be right, right. you don't want to get shafted. Yeah, you don't want to get shafted. And I'm like, and then my retort would be, "Are you sure?" <laughs> well, because hmm. when we were talking, we were, when we were doing you and I when when Tom and I were talking about, I, I was entertaining this idea about a year ago, or no, maybe it was like May, where I was like, I should run for school board. And saying. then you were, and then you were like, yeah. And then when the teacher strike happened, I was like, is it too late for a write-in? Is it whatever? Because my my slogan was going to be, you can't do any worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vote John Shaft. You can't do any worse. I love it. My dad actually told me after I lost the election, he's like, should have taken your wife's last name. My my wife's maiden name is Garrity. Oh, you oh would. Oh my god, yeah. you would have just yeah. crushed. I know. Or like an Ohora, or yeah, he he said change it to McKennedy. Ski. <laughs> that would have been that would have been awesome. Locked up the Polish and the Irish vote. Done. I think you are you are you gonna are you gonna ponder the future? Maybe. Well, I mean, I always ponder the future. No, I don't mean like in a Nietzsche sense. Oh, I mean like okay. <laughs> you know, possibly running for something I, I, again. I don't see it in the in the near future, just because you know, getting married, de bachelor pedophying my house i just made that a word is a big thing but why does that ha- what does it have it's to t- do with your public service I, I would never ever take myself away from my wife for that long i'd be wrong you know like i said three she was in college the last time i ran so seven you know three in, in the afternoon till midnight i would be unavailable i'd you know i like my wife i'd like to spend time with her you know oh my god you grew up i did it's i'm really, so proud of you i know i'm almost embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's uh, a question for you. And hearing about the interactions that you speak into the mic, Jer. (laughs) He's saying questions for you. Hearing about the interactions that Mark and Tom had with people because of their comments or, in Mark's case, suggestions that he made. I don't know how deep and dirty Scranton politics goes, but. Because you're an um, outsider. Very. The answer is very. Okay. Well, with the blog, Tom, did you ever feel maybe your uh, personal safety might be in danger at any point? No, no. Thankfully, that was not ever an issue. No, yeah, wondering. the clan wasn't after him, Chair. Well, that's what I was asking. I don't know how deep and dirty. I don't it think goes. it's that deep and dirty. No, I mean, although, although there was a school director that got murdered a couple of, or like probably like twenty years ago now. Where here? 25? Yeah, in Scranton. Uh, what For what? Name? Was it Janello? Oh, my mother would know this. Gennaro. Gen- was that it? I don't know. I'm making up the name from the name from Die Hard. Uh, Molly Gennaro. Yeah, they, they never saw. They never solved it. Actually, hmm. how did he get murdered? He was shot to death. To death. Dun, dun, dun. I I I don't remember the the story. It's I think it was Janello though. Um, how do you get shot for being on this? I don't know if it was related to. The was school it wait? Board. Was he school director or school he was board? A, they're the same thing. So, oh, so he wasn't like superintendent. No, but he was, he was a school, he was an elected official on the school board. Um, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think it was politically related. It was 
I was very young when it happened. We were very young when it happened. But uh, I got to ask about that. It wasn't political. And we got to ask around. Your mom and her and that generation. They have to know. They will know all about it. So what would you say is the 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 main issue that uh, that that people are so apathetic now? You know, and just and it's it, I I definitely get that same feeling that you were talking about. It, there's just less and less interest every year. The candidates, I feel like they get more and more bland, and For, they kind of just say stuff that doesn't really have any any substance. There's nothing to it. Um, it, it and it's it's just kind of the same old talk over and over again. I I, I don't feel like there's a, there's anybody, um, you know, like in the the presidential race, you see a lot of people who are are making waves right now. Guys like Bernie Sanders who are just making waves because of the stuff that they're saying. They're getting their base excited. They're they're riling people up. And and whether you agree with them or not, at least you're now having that conversation that you wouldn't be having if it, if it was a John carry kind of candidate sure and you don't see that locally at all i don't think no um i think that okay so it's a layered question uh because i think apathy from voters depends because there's a national apathy and a local apathy and they're sure i think they're different things in terms of local apathy i feel like um a sense of probably it's probably not even conscious it's just kind of a pervasive sense of helplessness now no one walks around saying i'm helpless but Really, when you you feel like no matter who you elect, nothing changes. And if you locally, locally, yeah, and 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 probably nationally when you think about, it, but locally that is definitely the case. All you, it's been doom and gloom since the coal industry collapsed, and it is it does not look like it's getting any better. And everyone says everyone who gets elected says that it will. Well, we've been psychologically conditioned to be permanently let down by politicians. Locally, so, locally, yeah. yes, and, and plus, not even being let down, but all the corruption too. There's yeah, always oh a yeah, scandal that, yeah, every, every time we turn yeah, every other yeah, every exactly. other year, there's a, a new corruption scandal. So it's like that. You're, you remember that SNL sketch, lowered expectations. No, oh, they, it was a dating service. It was great, <laughs> but I feel like I think Jared wasn't on that there. on Mad. Was that Matt? Well, expect- I thought oh, it was you. SNL, but maybe it's Matt. I think it was Matt. Well, so yeah. Either way, the, the, basically, it's a game. Of, it's a dating game of lowered expectations in in northeastern Pennsylvania. It's like who who's going to disappoint me more? It's that that's <laughs> right. the and so when you reach that point, why show up? Because no matter I, who you pick, it will be worse. I had it. I had it explained to me by somebody. Uh, the one campaign we did, it was it was like the, the residents of Scranton seemed to be this way. Like if you woke up tomorrow morning and the streets were lined in horse shit, um, all the all the residents would just buy taller boots. Yeah. Like they wouldn't yeah. like yeah. they wouldn't make an active effort to be like, where, do, where somebody should get rid of all this horse shit. Or where it's just <laughs> it, like, it's ah, really, we'll deal with it. Yeah. Or, that's that's about that's about it. Or you have um, you know like like Pat O'Malley's been getting nailed by the Times recently, um, um, mainly because uh, it, it it seems their 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 main criticism is that he's a nice guy, but he doesn't seem to be doing anything. Like it, nothing, nothing that he's doing is effective. Like he he wasted all this time uh, writing writing letters to people. Yeah, yeah. yeah current current county yeah, but commissioner. He, he, but he's the minority commissioner at the time. Not, like what's yeah, he going to do? Not a, yeah, and that's a whole that's a whole and that's a whole other different thing. thing. Yeah, because well, he switched parties and he's now there was. There were three Democrats on there. And now, well, politics is all about survival. Sure. And, and <laughs> well, and that's I think that's why he ran as a Republican in the first place, just sure, to get just to get, get in yeah, there. Yeah. Um. And there's no question that it was opportunistic, or as people in the political arena would say, it savvy. Um, <laughs> no. But <laughs> that's what they would say. And 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 savvy is Rob Klubeck on a date. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's Amen savvy. to that. Amen to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't blame him for the choice if his goal is to if his goal is to win. He he was he was he made the right calculation. Um, in terms of evaluating him on his performance, I mean, when you're the minority commissioner, you don't really have a performance. You, you know, the the best minority commissioner that I can remember in my lifetime would have been Mike Washoe because he was the only guy calling out Cordero and Munchak for their bullshit. And he ended up being right, much to the detriment of the county and right. finances and integrity and all that. But, you know, very rarely do you see an actually effective minority commissioner. Um, you just you're just there. And that's kind of the structure. I mean, I guess you can be critical if you want to, but he tended to agree with the majority commissioners. Now, um I will. I need to be very fair to Corey and and uh, Corey O'Brien and Jim Wanzek. The county's running a huge surplus right now. We didn't have that. I mean, Cordero and Munchak screwed this place up big time, and they've done a good job. So, I mean, Pat O'Malley's the only guy to survive from that administration. May you know maybe he'll maybe he will be better. Maybe if he makes some policy, he doesn't make any claims to policy that it has made the county successful. At least not that I've read or seen or heard. And I read about him, see him and hear him all the time. You know, they nicknamed him cheese. Cause he's always, you know, saying cheese, taking pictures, being in the paper. <laughs> right. But I mean, he deserves some credit for the fact that the County is like the only local government that is not on the verge of collapse. Mm. So if there's one positive you could say about him, it's certainly that. And I don't feel that there's, um, there's enough. I mean, when, when at, at least, and, and obviously I, I wrote for go Lackawanna, uh, you know, uh, years ago when, when it was still around. So it kind of gave at least a second voice to in, in local yeah. media when it comes to the, the daily politics stuff, because, uh, the, the local news media in terms of the, uh, the news stations, uh, they only kind of cover stuff when the, the vote is coming up and everything like that. Yeah, they sure. don't really sit down with the candidates. They don't really interview people. They don't really do that type of coverage. So most of that stuff you, you, you go to the local newspapers for. So the Scranton Times is really the only place to kind of get any of that uh, commentary back and forth. And uh, so there's no really other voices right now in, yep. in those terms. And there's really not a lot of political blogs either to really turn to that, that I'm aware of. I mean, I, I know there are a few political blogs in the area, but it doesn't seem like um, there's there's the same kind of full coverage. You know, Yeah, it's, you're right. The uh, Well, first off, all the politicians locally loved Go Lackawanna. They genuinely loved you guys. I mean, it, we're talking about Rich Howells here and Don McGlynn, two guys doing as much work as- And Chris Hughes as and well. And Chris Hughes, yeah, of course, when he was editing, um, doing the work of, and it, you know, the entire times. You get three guys who, who were going toe-to-toe, and they were the only ones that, the, like, a lot of politicians won't even respond to the times because they're quoted out of context and things like that. All of them say it, enough so that I don't think that they're lying, Um I mean, I, I've never had an issue with it. I've been quoted a ton of times, both in my capacity as a candidate and a union member uh, or union representative, but they loved all the work you did. And you're right. That's a void. Now, I wasn't ever trying to consciously fill a void when I had the blog, and I can't really do it now, although whenever I write a post, it gets really widely shared. So that's nice that I still have a readership out there. There, are, But there aren't. there's not really much. Um, Doherty Deceit is gone, but that was not... A healthy place for anyone to be anyway yeah um, doherty deceit was was kind of this it was like an it, honest sickness it, it was it was mostly just a, a message board of of rumors and hearsay and stuff so i mean i would use it just as a kind of a grain of salt sort of thing sure. you know, oh, yeah. i would go to it and say okay it well this is what people yeah, are was, talking about it was salacious it doesn't necessarily sure. mean yeah. any of it's true it's just that these this is what people are talking about in yeah. that realm but you know i i think the other thing too is um you know uh, even as as a reporter going to these meetings you know time after 
after time, week after week, uh, I would see just for the most part, it was the same, maybe five or 10 people showing up to meetings over and over talking about the same general issues over and over. And, you know, same with, you know, those types of blogs, you know, message boards, things like that. It's, it's just this very small insular group all talking about it and nobody else. So, uh, the general public really isn't being informed in any way about the candidates in a, in a meaningful way. I don't think, you know. Are there any local political blogs or bloggers that, uh, Tom, you feel are worth worthwhile? Uh, okay. So there are no, if we're talking just political bloggers, there really aren't any solo political bloggers for Lackawanna County, which sucks. Uh, but Steve Albert from Nazis from Exploration, that's the name of his blog. He he will write about Scranton politics Wait, pretty regularly. What's He's, the name of his blog? It's called Not Cease from Exploration. It's a quote from T.S. Eliot. I just thought it. Yeah, Nazis, something else, real right, quick. Sure. Yeah, not Nazi. <laughs> I thought it was Nazis for Exploration. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Well, yeah. We are going to the inner earth. That is a very different party, <laughs> yeah, sir. That, yeah, different, that, very yeah. different party. Don't read yeah, that blog. Yeah, no, I just got really com- sorry. No, no, no problem. My mind no. hears what it wants to hear lately. So so he's good. And then um, Dave Yonkai from the Lulak Political Letter is also good. He uh, spends more time writing about La- uh, Luzerne County than Lackawanna. That's where he gets the Lulak from. Uh, but that, uh, you know, that's really... That's really it. If you're going to look for, and yeah. even even then, you know, uh, you, you I, I think you need a full, uh, you know, staff or people dedicated to, you know, going to these meetings time it's after hard. time and reporting this stuff. And it's yeah, it's just it. You have to have a real passion and an interest to do stuff like that. You yeah, know? gotta it's, have you got to have readers too, or, or listeners or whatever. Abso- like that, like, absolutely. F- forget about like the blog stuff. Like there need some in a perfect world, right? For this area, this is my opinion. Is you're, you're, they're not speaking to our generation. Most voters are worried about "quote unquote" the blue hairs because right, that's well, who goes out and votes. Exactly. Sure, sure, right. You know, those are the same people who you know the 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 older population of our area is the ones that watch the news. You know, we're, we're name me anywhere else in the country that an entire third of the the six o'clock news is devoted to weather. Right. It's funny. Well, you know, I I could uh, sort of bring up a parallel actually to theater. Um, it seems like. I forget. I who, don't know where you're going with this, but right. I'm fascinated. Listen, um, somebody brought this up last year, I guess, about how it seems like the majority of people who go see local theater are older people, and the producers of these shows always put on the same shows that cater to the blue hairs. And it's like, well, if you don't, because at it some works, point, right? But if you don't, at some point, start switching things over into trying to uh, produce uh, more contemporary shows or edgier just something interesting to cater towards the next generation theater is just gonna but using okay but but using theater as the analogy right and it's like oh uh, such and such playhouse is gonna do another season of Macbeth. yeah um book of mormon sold out every night this weekend yeah right and 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 now but here's but here's the other thing if book of mormon came in without all the broadway acclaim would it have sold out every night would it have word of mouth? Well, it would probably. It's s- new. It's edgy. It, it offended would, everybody. It would sell I out to it. to the typical. I, I had a great time Friday so night. Good. Crowd like what? there's. It would sell out to the typical uh, crowd that. See, who, but my point, like my point, I was getting at is like is like there's nothing for us. There's nothing to inform our decisions because I'm sorry, we're not getting younger. Eventually, we're going to be the quote unquote blue hairs, but we're growing up in a different way. 
you know, we're 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 not going to look at Newswatch 16 to figure out who who the hell is running or or what's important, and we're not going to read the Scranton Times. Like, I try to read if I hit more than five articles a month in the Scranton Times, I can't look at anything on my phone anymore. You know what I mean? So like, so like now we're and now it's like, well, I'm fuck it, I don't even care because I can't look at the article. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So we need like there needs to be more socially aware, politically aware stuff I, around here and and go Lackawanna, Tom's totally right man that filled yeah. the, that filled a void that this area so lacked and i you know i i hated to to see it go but you know uh there was there was so many issues with that company behind the scenes that i think even if it did have the 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 support that it needed i think it would have just collapsed back there somewhere you know what i mean like i don't it, it, the, i mean our I, I'm, one of the main issues of keeping that paper going was uh you know breaking into a market that already had a monopoly basically you know i mean you already have you know a, a big media company who covers all this area and you have these you know the, a, a you know a, a handful of guys trying to do you know the work of you know an entire building full of people and we we I think we did well. We gave them a run for their money. We run. We ran. Uh, we got a lot of awards. Uh, you know, we we did very well. We found an audience and we had a niche. But I don't. We didn't have people dedicated to selling the damn product and to keeping it financially successful. And that was a huge problem. <clears throat> and then uh, you know the company behind the scenes was going all th- through financial crap, and then eventually got bought out um, by an, an awful company. So <laughs> you know it, uh, it it was it was inevitable that you know those smaller papers are are going to get swallowed up in that mess, and they're going to concentrate on the, you know keeping the major paper alive. Sounds like a typical Scranton success story. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, it only gets worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there was all kind. I mean, I, I you Get know your I, boots. <laughs> I can get into a lot dirtier stuff about it, but I mean, I'll, I guess I'll save but, but I'll save that for but, another podcast. But, but, but here's but here's something amazing that that Tom brought up. It's like all the politicians, you know, appreciated what you guys did on both well, sides. Well, they they res- they respected us because none of us had any sort of ties agenda? or connections. There was yeah. yeah, there was no agenda whatsoever. I didn't go into this favoring anybody or caring what you know. I my my job was to report the news, and that's what we did. And and I I think we we did that well. But you don't have people now filling that gap in between where uh, you know passionate people who are going to go to these meetings and be fair and whatever. The, pe- the mostly the people who go to meetings they kind of have their mindset of who they like and don't like and how they feel about things going in before they even hear anybody's argument and that's kind of the end of it and uh, same with the politicians for the most part it doesn't seem like they're open they're malleable they're open to change they're open to listening to people i mean i just saw you know on the national level uh, a study recently that said uh they they sat down and you know when they compared what people thought like general the general public versus what is actually being done in congress and the senate they found that most of the time you know they they're not representing the people in any way shape or form they're just doing what they want and that's leads to a lot of that apathy where you feel like well i'm not really being represented so so what does it matter who i vote for whatever crook gets in there is just going to do what he wants anyway and he's well, because, not going to listen to me because a representative you know or a senator or, or a city council or whatever like they they they're supposed to represent you they're supposed to be the will of the people they're supposed to be right. the end of the sword in, and the people are it, the ones supposed to be holding it. In the same way that media is supposed to be the representative of the people. If you can't make it to that meeting, you're supposed to be the person who records what happens at that meeting and p- 
presents it back in a fair and honest way. And that, you know, it, it doesn't always happen. There's political ties, there's connections, there's there's bias all over the place. And that's why you need multiple sources to keep people in line to say, okay, well, you know, if people are going to start going to another source, then we need to be more fair. And you kind of meet people in the middle or you, you read both sources as an informed voter and you say, okay, the, you know, the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle here, you know, and I'm able to make an informed decision based on what's said here. But, uh, you don't you don't see that now. And unfortunately, uh, I don't think there's just enough people talking about this, this stuff. I feel like they're, they're most voters around here are just are very uninformed and they, they honestly don't care to be informed. Yeah. They're not incentivized to be informed. Exactly. Um, the one, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to, think I, I don't, of, I, I, it, it's, it just boggles my mind that you're the, 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 the optimism of your future is not an incentive no. or, or like, or like the wealth of what it could be or what it can't be. Like it's your self-interest. I, I feel like why, don't, are, why don't you give it? But I now? feel like they don't think it affects them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, right. I think it's probably there, there's probably two parts of it. I think one really fascinating thing, and I you know I read a lot of literature, teach a lot of literature, and this is a theme that comes up in American literature. Does that mean? Does that mean books? I do books good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So awesome. Uh, one thing, a theme that 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 comes across, you know, you see like uh, like that whole American individualism, and this that whole America is the absolute greatest. Shut up if you think otherwise. <laughs> kind of mentality, and that's pervasive in our culture. So I feel like. A lot of people probably think, and, and and maybe I'm wrong. This is my whole I don't know, just cultural anthropology or whatever you want to call it. You know, you look at, you know, oh, the politician's not going to do anything for me. I don't need them. I'm great. You know, I feel like that might be part of it. Like I can get by despite the fact that this situation sucks. Whereas if you started looking at it collectively, as in voting, which is a collective endeavor, maybe things would change. But everyone's like, no, the system doesn't work for me. I'm going to make my own way. I don't need the system. Well, and that allows the system to be what, you know, whoever buys it basically, because we're a nation that's, we're basically an oligarchy. We're run by rich people because they're the ones who buy influence and so on and so forth. I'm never going to be able to have that influence. But, you know, you look at the way people are and yeah, they've been disincentivized as we're talking about, but it's like, everyone's like, I can, I'm self-reliant. I'm great. I mean, as a teacher, the uh, unreal, my students are so unrealistic about their abilities. It's crazy to me. What like, do you, what, what, in, they, in what way? Okay. So uh, I teach honors in AP and I'm, I'm, I'm a harsh mistress. Cause you're a smart ass. Something like that. <laughs> and, and so, and I know, and I'll give these. Wait, kids, did you say you're a harsh mistress? Yeah, I did say that. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> the after, internet. After, after class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh so when I give them their papers back early on in the year, they're like, they're mortified. They're they're like, I, I never got a C in my life. I'm like, well, this is awful. Why did you give this to me? And 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 I know that and I've been teaching long enough that they they just think they're great. <laughs> you know, it, you it's that it, the Incredibles nailed it years ago when they said if everybody's special, then nobody's special. Right. And then that whole like, how many ways are we going to find to celebrate mediocrity? Not everybody deserves an honorable mention just for participating. And that's kind of I agree the, with that. Yeah. And well, and that's the culture. And so, and, and then, but not only that, in terms of the way adults nurture kids, you look at kids have a whole independent life that's totally outside of our experience because they live on Snapchat and Instagram. And not they don't even live on Facebook anymore. They've moved on. But the the inherent narcissism in those two apps is is beyond my comprehension. You have to give a lot of shits about yourself to constantly tell everyone what you're doing all day long. Like, oh, I just Snapchatted me getting up in the morning. Oh, and they do this. I'm not even exaggerating. 
but you have to be narcissistic to do it. You, you, you can't not be. And so when you get that reality check of, uh, you know, I'm not really that great. You have two choices. You know, you deal with cognitive dissonance and you say, well, screw that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Or, you know, maybe you confront, you confront it, but most people don't. And if, if we keep pumping out generations of people with that idea that I'm great despite the world around me, they just don't know how great I am. You know, and you, and I try and think about how does that connect to politics? It, it's easy to be, to say, I don't need to care about that because I'm great and I don't need a political system that serves me because this, you know, because I'm going to rule the world one day. And it's a totally unrealistic way of looking at the world. But in teaching for 11 years, I've seen it get worse and worse every year. Right. So uh, we're totally fucked in about 15 to 20 years once I, these kids I, come into power. <laughs> I believe that. And and actually, a fun bit of evidence. Um, <laughs> when when I uh, when I got my degree, I got my degree in English. Uh, I, I just went for literature. I didn't go for English education because I wanted more literature courses. You couldn't get a job as an English major. Now they're in demand in, in, in cities like New York, uh, D.C., and Philly. And it's because nobody knows how to write anymore. It's it, it you, it's crazy to me. People, what, like it, noun verb, like you mean can't like, write, just can't do it. So they're getting jobs in the corporate world, doing technical writing. It's a, it English majors are in demand because they can write. M, I have an MFA. MFAs are in demand at Wall Street firms because nobody knows how to write anymore. It, it's it it's ridiculous. Like to be able to write well, you mean like to form a coherent sentence, no matter. Not if even it's, well. If it's I mean, just right. They just can't. A typewriter. <laughs> oh, that's a whole other thing. No one knows how to type either. It's like you know, it's like one finger typing these days with the, with kids. But no, writing the, you know, it's a it's like a lost art. But not only is it a lost art, now it's a lost skill. I don't need to do that. Spell check will do it for me. Oh right. Well, you know, and I have kids. They always use a thesaurus to try to make themselves sound smarter. It never makes any sense. You can't just sub out one small word for one that's bigger and more complicated. It might not function grammatically, sure. but they don't know that. And again, we've got another generation of these people. I teach college as well. It happens there all the time. I'm like, how did you get out of high school? Why are you in a college setting? Yeah. And and it's just we've just do you do you, do you find um going back to like when you say like at the beginning of the school year when you give somebody a C, you know, is your is your intention to get them to a point by the end of the year, they're getting an A. Oh, uh, okay. Or, or is it- I don't think in terms of I want, well, of course I want them all to get A's, but I have a standard and uh, my standard goes up every paper just as a teacher. So if you get a C, if you hand me the same quality of work, you're getting a D next time, you know? Oh, so that, that's just my personal philosophy. I, all teachers are very different and everyone has different strengths and weaknesses and all that. But for me, um, in terms of cult- cultivating their writing, that's what I do. They, they're so, and if I get a kid with an A, if he hands me that, that grade of a paper, it's a B next time. You know, I, you have to improve because there's always something to improve. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Especially at that age. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I'm trying to equip these kids to function in college and in life. So, you know, but that's just, you know, that's it. I mean, is it getting harder and harder for you every year? Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And I, and I wonder, and I talk to my students about it a lot uh, as well, because just because I'm always, I mean, do they, do they give, you know, informed conversation on it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, their their ability to think and reflect isn't any different. It's more their um uh, their ability to communicate it in written form. That's a that's a problem that I've been having, and I I don't know. I think it's because maybe it's not as necessary. I mean, think about and everyone always blames text messaging, but I mean that helps in terms of 
degrading our ability to communicate because it's such a limiting form. You know, there, there's so much that's missing from it. It's about stripping away everything, even spelling, in order to communicate meaning. So what can we expect? Their, their, their regular writing, their actual writing will get worse because they've been the only writing that they do is training them to be worse at writing. When I was at, when I was in film school, um, this uh, <laughs> this one kid asked me to uh, proofread his paper and it was all caps no punctuation. Oh my what? god. Did you throw it at him? I said what I said what 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 is this? He's like that's my paper, man. And I'm like that's that's just words. Like what does that even mean? Like stop shouting at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my dad doesn't get that. Everything he does is all caps. I'm oh like dad, god. you're it's, one of those, it's huh? shouting. That's that's what it is. No, it's not. It's just capital letters. Shouting is me doing this. And I'm like it's not the same. You got to think about it in the world of the internet. Yeah, it's different. You're no. yelling at me. And Tom, to piggyback on uh, your outlook on how uh, kids are becoming narcissistic, I uh, aren't you? I, no. What I see, <laughs> oh man. What I see also is that they're becoming very insular and ignorant towards opposing ideas of their own. It's it's almost like you believe in one topic that I don't agree with you on. Then fuck you. I don't need you. I'm never talking to you again. See, but that's the, but I think that was, there there was there was a dynamic shift some point in the last 20 years, and the, the, I remember having conversations with my grandfather. My grandfather is like, never talk about religion or politics, but at the same time, like he was a card carrying Republican, and I'm I'm like the social justice warrior where I'm like, it's not fair. Like, why can't we have you know free college and free health care? It's better for society. Everyone will grow and what. You know, but he was, he was, I loved him to absolutely to death, but it was, it was never fuck you. Yeah. It I, was never that you could have polite discourse. Well, the, I, some, somewhere along the line in the last 20 years, it was like, you don't agree with me. I hope you die. Yeah. And I think the problem, if you want to call it that, it's a kind of like a double-edged sword is kids nowadays, because of the internet, they feel like they have uh, more of an opportunity to find other people not necessarily like minded person, like minded, sure, on the internet through whatever. Yeah, but it's adults happens. too now. Yeah, I guess. And sure. you, you I, can you can cut all the other stuff out too because I mean now you know you just subscribe to the sites you like, you cut out the sites you don't. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Same with the people. You know, you surround yeah. yourself with people who are all yes men who you know cheer every yeah. single time you, you you post a photo. Uh, and, and then you know and and uh, or or share a meme or something like that that it, you know boils down a, a very complex political issue into a bumper sticker sure. basically and you have that bumper sticker mentality over and over yeah. shared constantly and w when you lock yourself inside these bubbles you know the communities who share your ideas anybody who presents to you uh an alternative opinion or outlook oh my god you're triggering me i'm so offended now. <laughs> right <laughs> what I, the hell yeah, it's weird <laughs> uh it just in, in my experience as an educator because i deal with this all the time english class is fun for issues like this and um so it's there, not just English, it's self-exploration. There you go. Okay. Um, but with, with kids, I, I don't find them super confrontational. Maybe maybe five, six years ago, I, but like they're all on the same page. Not face-to-face. -face. Right. Never. Oh, they're passive-aggressive. Yes, extreme. Oh, I, the, online. Online, yeah. everybody's a telephone tough guy. It, it, that is very true. And, yeah. I, and, it, and you see it spill over into the high school setting. Well, that's a right, but, Amanda, because you're a slut. Well, they, they but would, then when they, yeah, when you see them, be, they're like, "Oh, oh hey, my bestie, what's up? hey man, I didn't mean that." <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's it it they're, I don't, and it's that social interaction. I mean, 
it's really hard to call somebody a dick to their face, but it's real easy if you don't have to like look, look at, them at them as a person. Right. And so uh, I, it, it's strange. You, it, it's like they're all white Anglo-Saxon Protestants deep down now. They're just, they hold it all in when they're with everyone else. You know, it's just passive aggressive anger. And I, um, I feel like it's more dangerous for teachers too, because uh, now it, it seems like with the internet, uh, you can uh, you you can go online and you can rate teachers just like you can rate like a restaurant, which no, I think is, is crazy. I so you can trash people online. Like if you Google, you know, like a, a friend of mine is a teacher. If you Google his name, you'll find all kinds of different things about, uh, you know, like on these, on these sites where you can rate teachers or whatever, you can rate college professors, things like that. And they could just say whatever they want. And that's stuff can never get erased. I wrote, you know? when I was in middle school, I wrote on a piece of paper and slid it to my whoever was next to me that I thought our teacher was an asshole. Right. Ex- I got suspended. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end. But, you know, and that and that was the end of it is it went as far as the next desk. You know, now you can ruin people's reputations and yeah, things that, like that. Yeah, that is actually know? something that a lot of teachers worry about. Um, it, it's It sucks because you have to, you do have to watch what you say and you have to watch what they say. Um, and yep. I mean, there's so much liability too. If one kid says something off color that you kind of sort of maybe hear <clears throat> something you have, there's mandatory reporting. You have to see, there's a lot of liability associated with it. That could be a problem, you know, professionally for you. And right. yeah, the internet certainly hasn't helped in that regard with the profession. I, I, I talking to teachers and, I, and I'm very fortunate enough to have a lot of teachers in my life that are very close to me. Uh-huh. They are not. Oh, I just added one more. Um, <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 but but they're disenfranchised too. They're very they're very like I'm. We're, we're we're trapped. We're stuck. We can't do anything. You know, there's you know, I, there's there's kids in school who are like you know, um, you know, my mom and dad are heroin addicts or yeah, you know, and and, and, and and as a teacher, you know, how do you help that? Because you can report it to whoever you want to report it to, but they're not going to the do si- anything. Yeah, the system's not going to work. Riverside, I'm fortunate enough to work there. We, we've we dealt with kids who are homeless, um, lost their homes in fires. We uh, One thing we do, and I know a lot of schools do this. Not everyone has the, the wherewithal, but we have a student help fund. So we've helped families that, that are homeless before out of our own pockets as teachers. But Because the system isn't going to work for you as quick as maybe we can as a rapid response until the system gets involved. We, you know, we work with uh, Sid Kavulich, his office, uh, Representative Sid Michaels. He helps us, you know, whenever we need it. But that's the stuff that we know about. Kids don't want to advertise like, hey, guys, I'm homeless. They're not going to walk in and say that. You know, you're not going to know. And of course- Because like, kids are cruel. Well, that, yeah. And then and then it's not that kid's fault when, that, when, when they're failing a test because they're not worried about filling in bubbles. They're worried about their next meal- but teachers are graded on the bubbles. You know what I mean? I have them. That's what and your mom deals with it. You know, we're in the classroom with these kids 45 minutes a day. That's all we get to affect their lives. And when they leave, we have no control. But, um, you know, Corbett passed that state exam, that, the, the new state evaluations where I am graded based on my student performance. Well, I only have so much control. And teachers feel really, uh, they're back. We all feel like our backs are against the wall. They've created a series of rules and laws that say, yeah, you know what? Too bad. You know, if 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 your kid screws up, it's 100% your fault 
for not inspiring them. I mean, yeah. but then, but then they put restraints on what you can then, do yeah, to but, teach yeah, outside the box. Yeah, exactly. You have to inspire them according to these restrictive rules. You know, like the nobody's com- going to get inspired by that. No, the Common Core is not going to inspire anyone. Those math problems make me want to rip my face off. Yeah, what is the deal with that? Because I've seen stuff Don't posted start, on Jared. Facebook. Don't start. I, I, okay, <laughs> if this is a, a sore I'm topic, you, it's a whole it, other no. issue entirely. Okay. <laughs> It's not as the crow flies. It's how they deem fit. They're, uh, apparently, Common Core, this is from my understanding of it, was someone who was not an educator came up with it was this a, idea. It's a corporate thing. It's okay. just That's so, what it is. Yeah. It's, they made money. They, they created this thing. They had no knowledge or minimal knowledge or not even um, boots on the ground knowledge, institutional knowledge, whatever. And they sold it and made millions to everyone. You know, they sold it to everyone. I mean, that's what we all should be doing is just making shit up and selling it to rich people, you know, the government and getting rich off it. <clears throat> but that's what they did. There's, that's th- exactly there's what happened. That, that was a horrible problem and, and, and no child left behind was awful. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's murder. And it, every child got left behind because I remember my first year at Riverside, I had the number one kid in the class because they, they weren't, there were no, it was no honors. We only recently instituted honors. I had the number one kid and I had one of the kids on the bottom. And how the hell do I teach that class where I have a kid whose goal is to go to Harvard? And I remember, and, and the, the, the kid who was low, it, it wasn't her fault, but I mean, there, it wasn't going to happen. You know, the material wasn't at her level and I couldn't get there and also help the other kids. Did I want to? Of course. But the system is doing a disservice to her by not giving her what she needs. And it's doing a disservice to the top kid by not giving that top kid what he needs. And so everybody loses. So, yeah. and, and every teacher feel will feel stretched thin because you're, you're doing what's called differentiation. We're we're required to teach to every level of every kid in the class. That is not possible. So what you should what they should have done, which is what they used to do, was group kids according to ability. But you know it's part and of allow the, them allow them to flourish in an, in an environment where they're comfortable. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, you got to think about it this way. There's that saying where you're only as fast as your slowest person. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- yes, the kid who wants to go to Harvard now has to worry about the girl on the bottom. And the teacher has to worry about to get her up. Meanwhile, he doesn't excel. Yeah. And that's the problem. because So now that kid becomes a B student because the kid's bored out of his mind. Um, right. I remember reading an article about how uh, like B plus kids are, are really the A kids because they're the ones who think outside the box and maybe are bored by how slow you're, you're going. Yeah, but they're being punished for their- Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the education world is currently a mess. So, you know- I know one of the things you wanted to talk about tonight was the strike in Scranton. I can totally understand why any teacher would want to fight for better working conditions because our working conditions are awful and they only get worse. So, so what, what, what is your take on that? So, cause, I mean, cause I want, cause that brings us to the point oh, that I wanted to make and oh, here comes yeah. jerk off. And, and also <laughs> going into that, you know, that uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be listening to this, who are the types that feel that you as a teacher, you don't deserve all yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I can address that, we're, and we're going to get to the to the point where I wanted to to make. But you go what your take. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I first, I intimately know what happened. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Curious. So do I. My wife, my wife is in the union. So first of all, I'm I'm biased toward teachers because I am one. Uh, I'm involved in my union. I'm biased toward those. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, Mark had asked me earlier if I would talk about both sides' perspectives. So I can understand both sides' perspectives here, and I. I, I don't exactly condemn everybody for everything that they've done, and, and I'll take it point by point. First of all, the union um, very brilliantly handled their strike. I've never normally uh, it, we hear about. Here's the point. Uh, you're probably going to make the point I wanted to bring up. 
Do you want to make it first? I, I've just never seen a community come together in support of teachers. That's exactly what I was going to say. It normally it it's, never. I've we, never we, seen it. We happen. get shit on because we. You're, oh, you, you get summers off. You know, you, you're you're working forty oh, hours yeah. a week. Uh, you know, I'm you're sorry. not. You're not no. working forty hours no, a no. week. No, no, and and you you're know, home grading papers yeah. for six other yeah, hours. I'm an English. My my wife, her first year, God love her. She was up until two in the morning, every and I, I feel bad. I was an awful person because I'm like, go to freaking bed. This is all, you know, and and yeah. and then that would only make her upset. And I'm like, no, you for your health, sleep, woman. Yeah. And then she'd be up <laughs> at five in the morning to get to work early to make copies because there's one copier in the damn building. So no, <laughs> it's not a forty hour a week job. Um, you know, when you leave, you have to do lesson plans and you do those over the summer. You also have to revamp curriculum, which also happens over the summer. I'm an English teacher. I need to read all the books I'm going to teach. I teach six different classes, not six of the same thing. I teach five, five of them are different. Two of them are overlapped, but six total. I, that's a lot of freaking reading for me as one person to do. When do I do it? The summer, you know, and, 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 that doesn't. How many times am I acting like a guidance counselor? Because I know these kids more personally than the guidance counselors do. You know, these kids need people as parental figures, as friends. I really feel more like I'm like the older brother, like this the strict older brother who looks out for you and is kind of a dick, but deep down cares about you. Yeah, like that's kind of how I feel. My role tough is. love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they and a lot of them need it. But so the the facets to our job are far deeper than the you get summers off, right? You know, and 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 so. When they when the union went on strike on day one, I learned a lot from them. Riverside hasn't had a contract in three years. That sucks to not to, you know in the in the private sector, no one works without a contract ever. Right. So I don't know why we allow it in the public sector. What Scranton did that was absolutely phenomenal. The Scranton Federation of Teachers. Scranton Federation of Teachers. They they said we're not going to work for a day without a contract. And as soon as they were able to strike, they went out. And you know what? They got a good deal. Whereas We've been, we haven't had one for three years. Old Forge has been on strike twice in six years. They just settled. Their contract is awful, but uh, six years it took them. Wow. And they're already into their next one because contracts tend to be on a five year basis. So, I mean, you know, we, so the union in Scranton, they made good, they made great moves. Um, There was a Facebook page, I support Scranton teachers, that really got a lot of great information out there. It kept the community informed. And people are like, you know what? I agree with the teachers. They're, they've got a raw deal. And Scranton's contract is the single worst in Northeastern Pennsylvania, period. They're the only ones that uh, pay uh, monthly on their health care. Uh, some of them have, some districts have deductibles. Most don't have any. So Scranton, they even made health care concessions. So their yearly deductible goes up to $500 a year uh, from, I think, 200 Plus, they're paying monthly about 200 bucks. Plus, they accepted increases in their prescription pay, all for a, one, a 1% raise. I mean, I don't even know how that evens out. So the teachers who were happy with their contract really had an awful contract, even though they were happy with it. So kudos to them. But they fought, but they fought for it and they got the community behind them. Um, so in terms of tactics, strategy, they were great. And I, I commend them 100% and I've learned from them uh, in my capacity as a union leader at Riverside. So that's my take on their side. And you asked for the school board side. So the um, I think in terms of how they handled explaining themselves to the public. I don't think they did that great of a job because uh, they normally the Scranton school board takes a, a, a back or they don't take a backseat. They're in your face, especially during an election year. They, they want their name in the paper. Right. I don't. So this one was strange where you didn't really hear them talking or if they were talking, it was different than what was happening. Um, and it, part of it has to do with the new superintendent. Although I, I, I don't, 
I mean, I know she was demagogued by the paper and everyone. I don't think she's an awful person. I think it's a cultural. You could be a good person and do bad shit. Yeah, and it's not even that she did bad shit. I just think you're you're looking at a. I think it was an adjustment period. We're in Scranton. We're in Scranton now, and it very Georgia doesn't even have unions. So she did not. The, the perspective that she had was totally different from the world that we all grew up with locally. So I'll give her that. But the board did say it was their only real strong argument, and it wasn't made loud enough. They said, "Could you please wait until the the." The state budget passes. We expect more money. We will give you a better contract. But right now, there's a huge question mark. We can't like. And and I talked to everyone again. Everyone demonizes him, but I called Saiduai directly. I said, "What is going on here?" Because he was he looked awful in the paper. A lot of people hate his guts now. And I mean, he's still as nice a guy as he was before this happened. And I said, "Well, what, what was the deal?" He said, "Look," he said, "We borrowed ten million dollars last year just to pay the bills." He said. I want to wait until the state budget has passed. You know, I don't want to agree till then. So I can understand his logic. Was that case made adequately? I don't think so. Not at all. Zero. Uh, not at all. But the compromise, I think, is wonderful. The, 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 the raise doesn't go into effect until January 1st, but it will include retroactivity pay. So they'll pay you for the first couple months that you've been working, but they, they just have to wait until the first of the year. And I think that they reached a fair compromise. I mean, they worked for it. Uh, but why did we get somebody? Why why did Scranton get somebody from Georgia? Well, uh, you know, I I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not, but uh, for people who or you know can me, stop. Tom. No, 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 no. I, no, I don't. This is. Liber- I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to. Liberating for me. Yeah, none of us want to be the your the harbinger of your doom. No, 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 no. I I uh, <laughs> I I haven't censored myself tonight, so I feel really good. But no, uh, I I my perspective on it. And I talked to a lot of people about it before she got on there. We keep hiring either internally or locally uh, and, and from smaller places. So either a smaller school district or, or a principal gets elevated. She was coming from being a superintendent of a humongous urban district. Now, Scranton is technically an urban district. Uh, so the way that the laws govern, the way we're supposed to be run are urban in nature. I felt like, wow, you know what? We might get someone coming from somewhere big looking at somewhere small, she'll be able to see things in a way that we won't and maybe bring something to the table that we're not used to. Now, I've had a chance to talk to her. Uh, She's working at the Lebanese Festival uh, back in early September while this contract stuff was going on. And my wife and I introduced ourselves. And the first thing she said was, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this together. I know it's very tough. And I know we're getting to understand each other and getting to know each other, but it's going to happen. I'm confident of that. And her demeanor was so different from the demon that I imagined from the newspaper and um, the Balrog. Yeah. The Balrog. <laughs> she was the Balrog from Georgia, but, but you know, she has, you a, shall not pass senior a, year. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and three, what she's on the job three months and we're ready to condemn her. Uh, you know, people are like, Oh, we can't get her out. We got to keep her there. She's awful. She's, she's barely, you know, she walked into a shitstorm because it's tough during a contract year. She didn't have the experience to deal with it. That and maybe that's a fault of hers and the board that put her there, but we're behind it. Everybody came up with an agreement that they're happy with. Let's give her a chance to do her job. I mean, I want to I want to see what she's capable of. You know, so I know the honeymoon period of her job was over, you know, with the snap of a finger. Yeah, her her honeymoon was a, a tropical storm or a hurricane <laughs> in the Philippines. It wasn't Yeah, that's exa- <laughs> yeah. So now we're rebuilding, you know, from the flooded remains of <laughs> <laughs> of the district. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
you want to move into Tom's writing? Yeah, yeah. I want. I definitely want to talk about uh, Salasium. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about anything forever, but we can talk about Salasium if you want. Yeah. Jared Fogel. <laughs> don't forget it. Forget it. Forget it. Forget thoughts. it. Forget it. <laughs> I don't. He auditioned. Want... Funny. Funny story. No. no. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, I hope not. So what? So what? So you? So you write fiction? Yeah. I. Uh, you know. I, so I. I went to Wilkes for my uh, MA and then later MFA in creative writing. Uh, I've always loved writing. You know, and I think it started with when I read J.R.R. Tolkien for the first time in seventh grade. I was just obsessed and I never stopped reading or writing since then. I have boxes of stuff that I, I wrote when I was a kid. You know, I used to make fantasy worlds. I still have all like, I have boxes full of maps that I drew up, histories, everything. Like I really. So you're like the Uber nerd? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, of course. No, I like that. Yeah. So, um, I, so I wrote literature a lot before, during, and after, uh, college and, and grad school. And, um, my heart was in science fiction and fantasy, uh, Good. particularly science fiction, Be- because, uh, and it, this is not meant to sound snobby, but I really like literary sci-fi and as opposed to hard sci-fi, like, you know, like, oh, he grabbed the continuum transfunctioner. Right. And, okay. Okay. And, and, you know, and shot the snortle in, in his Thor bobble, whatever, you know. <laughs> wait, wait, fuck this. I want to read that book. Yeah, I guess that does sound good. <laughs> What's a Thor bobble? I just made it up, but it's, I'm sure it's something. Huh? You got a knack for this, kid. I think you can do yeah. this. So I so I'm, I read sci-fi all the time, and there's that pulpy kind of stuff that I just mentioned. But then, you know, I, I, I my background was in writing literature and studying literature. So I try to take... Uh, the science fiction side and make it not just a setting, but an extreme background, like not even, not even really present. It just, you know, so no need to go out of the way to explain weird concepts. It should, that's, it's just the world. Uh, And the focus for me and all of my writing is really just character. And for Solosium, it's based on a story that uh, I originally called it living in the singularity. And the, the guy who first published, we, he changed it to welcome to the singularity, which is fine. Um, and the, in it, there's, uh, the story and the movie are a little bit different. I, I want to say Don McGlynn, who you had on the show with here we are in this, in Spain, he wrote the, the screenplay. Um, and I just kind of edited it. He, he wrote the adaptation and he did a phenomenal job amping up the, the emotional arc. So, um, how many pages did he write? Uh, how many pages did it end up being? It ended up being, I think 26 pages. Uh, but there were, there were some pickup shots and add on scenes at the end. So maybe I guess it'd be 28, but the, the, the premise is this, and I'll tell you what I was going for with the story. I, I really like, I got into noir and detective fiction. Like I am, you know, I went to Bethlehem this weekend to a speakeasy and I was drinking gin gimlets just cause I love Ray Chandler's character, Philip Marlowe. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I'm Uber I, nerd. Yeah. Beyond Uber. Yeah. Uh, so, and I love, so I love noir. Um, I love that kind of you know, literary detective fiction stuff. Cause it's just dark. It's existential. And so I wanted to bring that to a story. And, uh, I, my wife hates all of my writing. Uh, she, I mean, she loves it, but like, good. Cause if she liked it, you wouldn't have any she, improvement. Yeah. There you go. That, thank you. Yeah. Nice. You're welcome. Bringing it back. Yeah. Um, well the thing is she usually finds it's too miserable and dark. Cause all of my writing tends to be about, uh, failed relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that I, stuff is I, I can I can say as, as a happily married man that it, it's much easier to write about that stuff 
it's so much easier to go there into that that dark place and talk about that that stuff. I think anyway, like when I'm writing poetry, that's all I want to write about is like all the, the, the terrible failed stuff and the, 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 the depressing people. And it's like, geez, why do I always do? Why do I always go there? Yeah. Well, my, I don't know. Maybe if my wife thinks like, maybe we've got an issue. Do we need to see a counselor? (laughs) Right. Um, no, honey, I'm just, it's fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Fiction. It's fake. I mean, it comes from a place inside me, but not the place that you're a part of. Kevin Smith says the writer writes writes the world that um what did he say? The writer writes the world that at that moment they want to live in. Oh god. And that's not and that's in that but that's not no, to, in the that, moment, yeah. Yeah, so it's not it's not meant to be like if you write something, you know, if you're writing in the bedroom, it's not like you're miserable all the time. It's yeah. just like, you know, for this, you know, me I'm a little masochistic. I'd like to live in the in the shit for a little while. Yeah. Just so I can come out the other side and yeah. be and and well depression is is a creative place to draw from. I mean, if you're on top of the world, you don't really, you're probably not going to have any wonderful ponderous insight into the meaning or meaninglessness of existence. Right. So, uh, so for the story, what I ended up, the main character, his name is Tim. He, uh, it, it opens up and the movie's a little different, but I'll I'll just explain it in the most general terms I can. He's on the phone and he's on the phone with this corporation and, and he, he hangs up and he's obviously he's in a lonely, empty apartment and you you soon realize just from the pictures on the wall and his behavior that his wife has left him. Uh, but it turns out that she's left him to upload her consciousness to a computer. And she does this because the real world is not enjoyable. And we can all relate to the fact that the real world sucks. Student loans, mm-hmm. mortgages, jobs that don't pay enough. Home heating oil. Uh, yeah. Home heating oil. I mean, <laughs> it, it's all one shit storm after another when you enter the real world. And Diarrhea. So, yeah. I mean, constant. and uh, Explosive. Yeah. Like the constant explosive kind that just- I'd upload myself just so I'd never have to go to the bathroom again. And that's one of the things he wonders about, actually. Do you, Does he really? Yeah. Do you, do you have to poop still when you get uploaded? Anyway. See? I, we're on the what, same what do you call it? Literal- Fiction or whatever, literary, literary, literally, literary sci-fi. Okay, uh, and 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 again, it's, probably, it's rooted. It's rooted in reality. Yeah, well, as much so as it can. Yeah, and then that's not to criticize other sci-fi writers. It's just that there's that hard sci-fi that has all that crazy stuff, and it's more like the page turner and burner, good read kind of stuff, as opposed to things that dwell. Right. So, um, he, we we get these flashbacks, and in the film, they they're interspersed uh, with the main narrative. Of how wonderful their relationship is, you know, they're they're happy, they're playful, they're vibrant, you know, everything is great. You notice that the world isn't all that great, you know, they don't have enough money, but they're still getting by. And what happens is, their friends start deciding to upload and leave, and the world around them is in their in their social circles, and even their jobs are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and they're starting to feel the pressure, like, you know, there's there's less and less left for us in this world. What do we do? And he's really skeptical because he doesn't know what that's like. You know, you're taking a leap into the unknown, and because you know, no one has has come back to explain no, no one, yeah, their consciousness. No. In- and the guy who sells it, who was in the movie, his name is Roy. Uh, his name is oh god, Ray uh, Ray Kessler, and he uh, is played by Connor McGuigan, who did a phenomenal job. The promos on the Solosium Corp website, yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, he 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 really did it up. But he just sells it the way politicians sell things and just says, you know, do you want a world with without worry? Oh, my God, I do. I'll, I'll buy that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and do you want a world without disease, without poverty, without illness? Oh, my God, that sounds great. He's like, well, buy my product. And now do you know anything about the product or what it does? No. But it's the same thing with politicians. 
you you don't buy the product because it works. You it's a high the, it's a high tech snake oil. Yeah, salesman. well, it's like the first yeah. episode of Mad Men, which you know I love so much. Um, he says you're selling happiness. You want validation that whatever you are doing is okay, and and so the the product the integration into this singularity where you upload your mind. There's no real explanation as to how it works or what happens when you're there. And then, you know, I have a lot of. Uh, this is fucking deep, man. I thought about it. I mean, I a buddy. I of hope mine, so. <laughs> well, uh, well, what's funny is a buddy of mine read it and he's like, "This is a metaphor for Christ and heaven and hell." I'm like, I or marriage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't even think about uh, people who I send it out to to read uh, read so much into it. One of my friends said it's a you know it's a Marxist commentary on the world because rich people are forcing poor people to give over their possessions and upload their minds to there's a genocide of the poor. I'm like. Wow, I didn't even really think about that, but I totally see it. The, the the one thing that comes to my mind too is that the whole uh the the business um it's it's doomed to fail anyway because if he's looking at it this guy, I don't know like what his real uh uh motivations are to get everyone Cuz eventually you run out of clients. Yeah. And then then who is going to be alive in the real world to power yeah. your Well, he, two things. You know. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. That's kind of where that Marxist read of this thing comes in cuz uh Rich people are not integrating. The, the the guy who made it isn't integrating. And his line is like, oh, I'd be in there. My wife's in there, but the cook eats last. You know, he's like, I'm not going to go in because oh, okay. I want to make sure you get in. But what they're doing is in order to get in, if you don't, you have to sign over all of your possessions. You basically, it's like your will. And when you upload, it's like dying and the company gets everything. And, you know, uh, the main character, Tim, works for this company that's doing it as like lawn care. And he notices like major works of art from around the world just being flown into these mansions of these executives at this company. And so it's all, you know, I, I don't directly state anything about, I'm just telling the story about the two, the man, it's really about a man who misses his wife, but all this stuff is going on in the background. And so that's why you can get all these reads, like these rich people are screwing over the poor for their own enrichment, you know, so I could see that read on it and, you know, going into the singularity, you know, eventually Tim decides to go and don't ruin the ending for this, man. <laughs> All right, yeah. good. You almost <laughs> Just, did. Yeah, stop. Well, I don't, so, I, I so, don't mind ruining endings, but no. I but won't. the but the but the thing is, is that um, it's it's I I, I like because you sent it to me like a year and a half ago or whatever. Was that your script uh, or was that Don's? I did we send you the script? I think or did we I think send I you read the, like a I think I sent you the story. I sent you the short story. And said we were thinking about doing something. <clears throat> but then I looked at it and I was like, the uh, the only way I could envision it is Blade Runner. That's right. where that's where I was like, oh, this is audacious. I, yeah, I, I remember you saying like, this is big money. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Just because I that's the only way I know how to to do it. Like like I liked um, you know, Looper because Looper it wasn't like this the space modulator, yeah. whatever. You know, it was it was very based in reality with some sci-fi elements. One of the best sci-fi movies I ever saw was a movie called Timer on Netflix, and it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, I've about seen uh, on on your wrist, you get an implant that has a countdown clock, and then and is it like Logan's Run? N- no, <laughs> they don't have a jewel. Um, but what it is 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 as long as somebody else gets the implant in the world, it's the countdown to the day where you finally meet the one who you're supposed to be with. Ah. So it's 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 Aww. totally a romantic comedy with this because that's science fiction. The yeah. moment you have something in there, like I like the idea of that. I don't I don't like the whole world building. Yeah, and I, and so that that always I like uh, a little supernatural element 
or sciency beyond our current view of science thing, which the, is which is what you wrote. Yeah, the, you know what's funny? Um, I'll, just because I'm proud of it, the, I'll tell you the latest short story I had that was published. It's called "Silencing the Machine." It's about a guy. It's very short. It was inspired by a trip I had out to the Pennsylvania wilds, a cabin, no technology, nothing. And uh, so I wrote a very very short story about uh, a man who has obvious. You don't get much backstory except you know that he's just been physically modified, like with electronics. Um, I don't call him a cyborg, but he has technological modifications on his body. And uh, he knows that when his battery at the base of his spine drains, he will die. In the city, he could recharge. He's out in the woods. He purposefully goes out there to reconnect with nature to die. And um, it's, you know, it's one of my favorite short stories that I ever wrote, but it's, it's, it's about the character reconnecting with nature, you know, and but that reconnection, the price for it is to cease to exist. And so it's about his... This seems cheaper. I, I think I can do this one. <laughs> <laughs> you could use that on the nature no, but, of daylight. No, yeah, but, I, but, I, but I love the idea of like, like your stuff just really focuses on like mortality and it focuses on like, what's it, what's it like to be alive and, and at what cost? Yeah. And, it, and, what, and in what context? Because some of this stuff is, gonna, is right around the corner. Yeah. Um, do you live or just exist? Yeah. Yeah, it, and it's it's a great question. When you were describing the plot, it made me think of uh, you know, like some of your friends went to the political realm. I went more to like you know technology and you know how people sure. are just spending so much time online or in front of a computer or their face in front of a screen. You know, that looking in a phone all day, that that's how they're seeing the world, and they're kind of they they are they're uploading their consciousness essentially to yeah. technology, and they're shut out from the rest of the world. You know, like they're they're locked away. You know, they're not really seeing what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I every year I. Ask Asked my students, how many of you guys went on a hike in the past year? And it's like two. What? Do you get, you know, Ricketts, Ricketts Glen's down the road here. You know, I'll drop. It's, it, it's uh, not know. about you being a tree hugger. It's just it's about, just like, it's, it's just about world. you. Yeah. Right. Like you're not like. Just see it. You yeah. Know? It exists. I mean, that was, outside I, the confines of a phone. <laughs> but even outside the confines of this area. Yeah. That too. You know what I mean? It's very ancillary. Like you're stuck. Like you, people don't think there's a world outside of Northeast PA. And I don't mind, you know, I went away and then I came back because I found that, you know, I, I learned a lot, but I found like, here's a place where people will stab you in the heart before they stab you in the back. More common, not saying it never happens sure, that course. you get stabbed in the back, but this is the place where like, they're going to be, I love the brutal honesty of this area. Yeah. And and I can respect it. Sure. We're, we're definitely a different that's why, that's why politicians, you know really bother me because, you know, they're serving other masters instead of just going out there and being like, if you want to give me money for a campaign, go for it. But I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah, you know? it's, it's very rare. I don't think I've been inspired by a local candidate in a long, long time, if ever. I was twice, well, once over the last like five years. And then I was like, I'm done. <laughs> because it, because it, because the machine just, you know, gobbles them up. And yep. then you're and then you're like, well, what? Because what, what because every because. The way we've always done it to me is not a good excuse to keep doing it. Oh, amen to that. Yeah, but uh, it's how do you break the wheel? Somebody does. Somebody has to. Somebody has to be the person that you know bypasses all the influential people, gets to the gets to the 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 citizens, the 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 voting populace. That's a rare person though, because typically the person that does that, they might break the cycle, but they're probably not going to win. Well, that's why I was so concerned about Bernie Sanders. I'm like, oh, he's gaining steam. He's going to get shot. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Like I was like, well, oh, I, this guy's going down. I'm really surprised. I, I don't know if this is bad to say, but whatever. I'm really surprised that there wasn't a, a, 
attempt on Obama's life by now with all of the crazy people that have seem- said some really crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Really, it's weird. Oh, well, that's that, that's a he still has se- a year. Secret Service, yeah, <laughs> yeah. throwing sex parties. <laughs> so, did you see? Did you see footage? Did you see any cut of Selassie yet? Oh yeah, um, she's. Uh, she, did she's, you? You're welcome for that great shot. Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, I was going to mention this in the beginning of the program. Yeah, for for those listening, uh, Mark helped us out. Uh, with the we opportunistically <laughs> looked at the fire and we're like this would make a great kind of backdrop for the awfulness that the main character is going through and so Lindsay and Don McGlynn who's playing Tim the lead uh, they got a shot of with the sandstone fire in the background it looks like a post apocalyptic nightmare yep and uh, it was glorious so yes. I, th- thank you. And thank you for to the Scranton Fire Department. Yeah, they actually uh, escorted and guarded them while the shot was going on. I mean, the Scranton Fire Department was great. They thought it was totally cool that, that they were filming I was, shots. I was up there. I'm like, guys, what do you think about this? And they're like, well, and I'm like, come on, kind of close your eyes. <laughs> we'll be up there. I, and I told, I, I said to Lindsay, I said, I said, you have like 90 seconds. Like, and they did it. That's what you have. Yeah, I haven't seen I haven't seen that footage, but uh, um, you didn't see the I mean, shot. I've seen the shot, but I haven't seen the footage. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, she's she's in the process of working it together, and then um, how long do you think this is going to be? She, I think she was shooting for around thirty, um, thirty to thirty five, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm not worried. I guess you guys probably worry more about time than I would. Runtime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not worried about that. I'm just worried about it being coherent and having a great arc. And the thing that I didn't mention that really came together for the film because of Don McGlynn and his rewrite uh, or, or his adaptation was uh, in the story, it's Tim's arc of uh, his struggle of how to deal with this. In the movie, Tim is a flat character and the real story is with his, his wife because she has an arc. She goes from I'm not interested into this in this to I'm questioning that this to like in a very really emotionally impactful scene that just depresses me to think about um, to this she you know has a great day with her husband and then says and leaves him and, and leaves him while he's asleep and leaves him a note that says you know I love you please follow me and it's like oh my god I I like I can't even emotionally handle this and it's really a beautifully filmed beautifully written scene. That adds a layer that the short story just doesn't have. I think I think your story is in good hands. I know. Oh, I know it is. I mean, everybody involved has has been phenomenal. Who, to who the are point, the, who are the people exactly uh, in the production? Okay, and- so uh, Lindsay Barace, um, Don happened to tell her about this script, and she's like, "I want to read it." So we sent it to her, and she fell in love with it. She loves sci-fi. She and I talk about Battlestar Galactica, like <clears> it's a, <throat> like it's a religion. You can join us next time. All right, um, it's my favorite thing ever. Oh, so good. Except the couple of lull scenes in the or in the fourth season with that union organizing stuff, they're but, called bottle episodes. I know they were <laughs> they, they were running out of money. I know. I know. Anyway, um, so but you got to admit when the when when it hits New Caprica and oh, all the all the vipers come out and then it like, jumps again. Yeah, we loved it. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, I, I, I feel so horrible because I love that show. I watched. I, uh, up until the season before the last, I don't even remember Get how, out. how many. I know, right? Yeah, no one wants to. I, I watched it religiously, and now I could barely remember anything from Did it. Did you ever see that Portlandia sketch? No. Oh, it's so good. 
there's a Portlandia sketch where like everyone's saying let's talk, watch Battlestar Galactica, and then you hear that. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, that was pretty good. Let's do a second episode. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm calling off work. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and and like it's five it's it's five or six days later. There are like thirty pizza boxes on each side of them. They're like, it's what over. Happened? Yeah. Oh my god. But like, what happens next? Like, well, it was kind of pretty final. Like, then they then they go and they call Edward James almost to try. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great episode if you're a Battlestar Galactica fan. I fell in love with him. Oh, he's the man. Not sexually, well, but like I mean, as even like if, I Admiral Adama. Oh, so good. I enjoyed him on Agents of Shield too. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the, he the was good. small he, time that he was. By on the there. way, I'm all caught up on Arrow and oh, uh, nice. Agents of Shield, and I'm trying Arrow, but it's or no, I'm caught up on the Flash. Okay. And try an arrow. I really like the flash. Arrow, I think, is gonna take a little bit more of me getting into. Yeah, the 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 flash I think is hitting a little bit or the uh the arrows hit a little more of a lull. The flash I think is really good. I think that's I, I enjoyed I I watched the whole first season and now I'm on to the I'm caught up with the second. Yeah. So I really I really like that. And do you know what else is a good show? The one hundred. I haven't seen it. It's really good. It's like, like it's like lost, but not. Oh, good. Cause <laughs> Yeah. Is that ending? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything that's I like cried lost three times. What are you great. talking about? Because it was so bad, you mean? <laughs> no, I cried three times because, no, you, I can't someone look. Someone stabbed I, you no, in the No, 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 I can't. Shut up. I'm glad there's someone else in this room that can't stand lost either. He didn't say he can't stand no, lost. I, lo- I love like the ending. Yeah, it, it just wrecked it for me. We we can't talk about it because my girlfriend's in the midst of watching it. Oh, okay. But, but <laughs> she watched like the first six episodes and she, and I fell asleep. So the next day I said, I said, how far did you get into Lost? She goes, I got like six episodes. But she's like, I have so many questions. And I'm like, <laughs> that will never be you answered. will forever. Yep. <laughs> Don't ever worry about it. Just kind of go with it. I fell in love with those characters. Yeah. I, That's I, the reason why yeah. I cried. Like structurally and plot wise, whatever happened, I'm happy it came to some sort of resolution. But I fell in love with those characters. And, when and Jack cried, I cried. Yeah, J- the thing with good writing is good characters. I, I think plot is a backdrop. Setting is, is an extreme backdrop. It's character. Because that's what we connect to. We're human beings. We connect to characters. We don't con- connect to set pieces. No. Well. Yeah. So, but speaking of set pieces, just to finish uh, answering your question there. Um, we had, uh, so Lindsay Brace directed it. Um, uh, you know, Dave uh, helped big time. Um uh, Actors, I'm going to forget everyone, but you know, Connor McGuigan um, was the salesman company owner, uh, Roy Kessler. Donna Glenn was Tim. Uh, we had uh, Jess. Jess McDonough. She was, yeah. um, she played Mary, who was Tim's wife. Um, we had uh, Rob Klubeck was in there. He was part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he made no He was organizing jokes. the dinner party. He, yeah, he, he was. And, uh, <laughs> He, you know uh, him, Casey Thomas. Uh, you know we have a we had a gay couple, and they decided to integrate, and they're the one they announce at the dinner party that they're going, and that's part of what you know kind of affects Mary's emotional outlook. Um, and just, just there's a, a million more people in it. But a whole bunch of local talented people were involved in this. Jennifer Frey was in it. Um, I feel like I'd be here you know, ten minutes. But you know what's everybody. awesome? And it's- the production crew was huge. I just everyone did a freaking phenomenal job. I mean, I actually felt. Uh, I, I felt bad. It's weird to be a writer and see something you make come to life um, because I, I felt like I didn't deserve it. And I still feel that way, which made me feel real awkward on set because I'm like, oh my God, you guys are taking something I made and bringing it into the world on my behalf. And I'm like, 
I don't, you know, why am I here? But, but you're not, you're not one of those, we've had conversations about this. You're, you're not one of those people who is, who like stick to the source material. No, not at all. I, I actually very specifically said, sometimes Lindsay would ask me what my opinion on what to do would be. And I'm like, I'm just the writer, you know? Yeah. You have the vision, you know, just go. I mean, it was really respectful of her and she didn't have to do that. And I, but I appreciated it immensely. She would ask what we, what our vision was me and Don, and, you know, and we would give our input here and there. Um, but you know, she, I never thought about things like color palettes. I mean, she had printed color palettes, you know, the way that Dave had organized the, like the filming down to scenes and props and everything. And, and those guys are awesome. Oh my God. And then, you know, someone made some of the, like the uplink equipment for, you know, putting your, your mind in and they made virtual reality equipment that were other products from the company and they looked great. And I, I, I can't, I could never have done anything like this. And I worked, uh, I briefly filmed a, a political satire, a local political satire called the Coxton campaign, which you remember. I remember. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was great. I, yeah. I love that series. That. It was fun as hell, but Lindsay made it, made, made me feel like I was an idiot. We would, we would take, you know, three hours to do a, a one scene or one shot when we were doing Coxton, probably because the director was really anal about that stuff. But Lindsay knew her shit. She had like three different cameras going. We only had to do one or two takes of each thing. And we got it. We had all the angles. We had all the audio. Everything was tip top. I, I didn't know it could be done quite so well. I mean, I've well, seen pros. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you too. Uh, and I, when we did that book trailer, I mean, that was awesome to watch. Yeah, but it didn't make sense. Well, when you're watching it, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Well, I knew you were going to cut it together, and that had to have been a monster. Oh, was that Fomers? Yeah, Fomers. Yeah, Fomers. And then Justin yeah. Justin was the, uh, Justin Kassab? Yeah. He he was the writer of that, and, I, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. So He's going to be there. The writer's going to be there. Yeah, he was pretty chill. But he was like, do whatever you want, man. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, well, we grew, with the Wilkes creative writing community, I think maybe this has something to do with it. We went to school alongside screenwriters, and we... And there were a lot of directors who were mentors and teachers in the program. So I was always under the impression that the writer doesn't matter when it goes into the script phase. And the screen- I don't believe that at all. Well, well, I got that impression. So, and I get the logic behind it. It's like the vision. It's you look at plays. You know, I teach plays a lot in my English classes. The what a what a director brings to it is a whole other layer of vision. And so I my, I was of the philosophy that I didn't want to taint that, and I wanted to let Lindsay, you know, bring her vision to the to the work because she had a unique take on it and that would add, you know, it's just, it would only get better. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but she was kind enough to, to run things by me, which she didn't have to do. But- no, yeah. I just shot a film, uh, three weeks ago and, and you know, it was a, it was a skeleton crew and you know, we would, we would have those discussions. Like the, we had, we did the schedule so that we had like five days with all the actors and then we only needed two days with the lead because it was all like interiors and sure. like just stuff that really, like really didn't matter, but it, it propelled, I guess his consciousness yeah. to give you state of mind. And I remember that the last thing we were going to shoot was this phone call. And we, and, and we had the time cause we, we, we scheduled two days, but we basically shot 95% of what we were supposed to shoot the first day. And the next day we spent two hours on what that phone call was about. Huh? And it was just awesome just to have like Get the freedom yeah, to sure. do that and to be like, well, what are the beats? Like, what's the important thing? Cause, yeah, how do you want to emphasize it? Yeah, because we don't like the way it's written. And we're saying that to the writer. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and, and I guess the good thing, uh, and I and I, not every director would do this, but I think the good thing with that is, you know, it's 
it's like the the writer hands it off to you. You've got your vision, and then you kind of you you were handing it back, and then he was handing it back. So that it's it's just like the it's a different layered form of editing. And I and I think it's also creative compromising. Like well, only, yeah. And the only thing too that yeah, like the I've said this. I think I've said this to you and 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 you who I'm referring to, Jaron Rich, is that the movie is never as good as the book because you watch the book in your head. Yeah. It'll never it'll never live up to what the book or what the film is going to be if you read a book. Right. So like when you read Lord of the Rings, it's not going to hold up because that's it's still just awesome. pe- it's still awesome, but it's not as good as that first time that you read it when you were this a kid. Because yeah. because Peter Jackson did his own version of it. Yeah. You know, and you and you have to let yourself go. George R. Martin says that where he's like my books live on their own. Whatever these guys want to do on their TV show, let them. It's an adaptation. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, like the The Shining. I think is a is an, uh, an interesting example. Oh, Stephen King hated Stephen right. Cooper. Here's the yeah. thing. Really? You know, I, oh, the, the Shining. Yeah. The Shining is is a brilliant film. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone could argue otherwise. You know, Stanley Kubrick did this amazing job on this film, and Stephen King hated it. So then, all these years later, Stephen King was given some money, and he could do his own version, and he did a TV movie and it is series with what's his face uh it was Rebecca De Mornay it, the the guy from Wings and the dude was from Wings it. yeah yeah what's his name I, I can't think of the it. The guy from Wings. Yeah, the guy from Wings, <laughs> which is probably all you need because you really want to forget that you ever saw that, that that, that version even exists. But that was more so, relevant to the book. It, was, more, it yeah. was closer to the book. It was the way that he wanted it, supposedly. And it was fucking awful. It was terrible. When I was, because sometimes you need somebody to step in and say, all right, this this needs this or or we need to change that or, or you know, to take your vision and put it in a different form. There's a lot of things that work for literature, but do not works cinematic exactly exactly when i was younger i used to get mad that movies didn't adhere to the book exactly but then as i got older i'm like well here's my take on it now i think that uh if if i were an author of a book i wouldn't want someone to make a one-to-one copy anyway because it's kind of like well if, if you have if you've already read the book in your mind, you already made the movie. You saw it in Correct. your imagination. You saw a version that you wanted to see, right? So then why would you want to see or expect to see the same exact thing from someone else that you already thought in your head anyway? Yeah. Right. Why not see you don't. something completely and ter- different? And you know how you know, Terry Gilliam's trying to make that, what, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote? Yeah. He's been trying to make it for a decade. And he finally goes, why am I going to make, I've seen this movie in my head a thousand times. Yeah. Like now I'm kind of at the point where like, I don't want to. Because I've already I've seen it. It's been made. Right. And I think plus, well, uh, if no, for, from a marketing standpoint too, if for those that maybe saw one version first or they saw the film first, haven't read the book, well, then that might uh, make them want to go purchase the book, or vice versa. You know? Yeah, and you have to. I think really artistically speaking, you treat them as entirely separate entities. Um, because you know, look at all the different versions of Macbeth. So there's that Michael Fassbender one that's coming out that looks badass. You know, that's going to be Macbeth. But then there was that great one with Patrick Stewart that was reinterpreted as kind of like a Stalinist uh, version of Macbeth. Same dialogue, but the visuals were very different and set in that kind of dictatorial tone. Awesome movie. They're both very different in terms of how they present, you know, in terms of setting and tone, the play of Macbeth. They're both Macbeth, but they both can be viewed as their own works. And you can do that with any kind of film adaptation of anything. You judge it. By its own merits, I don't even think you should. How many be different co- versions of Romeo and Juliet are there? there yeah, there's a million. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, and, and it's, it's like theater productions. Every theater production of a play is going to be different. You you judge it 
by its own individual, it's its own individual entity. So I, yeah, comparisons don't always do it for me. Um, you know, kind of like you're saying, you don't really want an exact copy anyway, because there's a whole different vision out there and you only really learn and gain perspective from visions other than your own. Sure. Right. Do you want to move on to the last word? Sure. We have a last word. Fred. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I want you to send me that short story because maybe I can do that one for you. Oh, okay. Because it's it's very it's minimalistic and and dark. Well, it's the thing it's, it's the thing that I liked about one of the only M, M Night Shyamalan movies was Signs, where I'm like, holy shit, this is an, an entire global alien invasion told from the perspective of a farmhouse. Yeah, I like that idea. Where it's like there's a bigger world some, out there, yeah, but we don't micro- need to show that to you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a microcosmic vision. All right, I didn't like Signs though. I am furious with anger. <laughs> you gotta admit to that one there's that one shot where mel looks out there and on the top of the barn is that shadowy figure and and then he runs it's oh the, it looks the, nice i just didn't like the script i didn't like like where they went with it or anything like that it was re- really really cliche and he, it, went, it went into that uh he was expected the whole time that's the thing it's like when you're known for something yeah which is like that big third act reveal yeah Water, yeah, and it didn't need to be there. You're yeah. gonna go conquer a planet full of that's like, full, that's full of like, the thing that kills you. Yeah, yeah that like, makes that's no like logical sense. To, that's like me trying to like you know conquer hydrochloric acidville. Yeah, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. I'll get you hydrochloric. Not just that, but the the whole boring cliche of of like, oh, I've lost my faith, but I'm going to go through something terrible, and then I regain it by the end of the film, and you know, it's like, which yeah, is the break. one thing that would make you like, it would solidify your faith is gone, right? That's I was thinking, you know, yeah, did like, aliens you, just invade? I know nothing right? about my religion. <laughs> yeah, I'm really going to question everything now. You yeah. would think, no, no I'd actually I, I, like it would have it would have been more appropriate for Mel Gibson to like thank them. Oh, I, I, I made a good choice. I, I think the problem with that movie was that Mel Gibson didn't go through any kind of nipple torture. No. <laughs> oh, God. Or scream yeah. at anyone. I mean, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say anything anti-Semitic. No. no. Didn't have any kind of like. Hot... I really don't buy rigs on a farm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it would have been great. Like if he was running and all of a sudden there was a shot of Danny Glover just going like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and then we just. And then you just cut to Joaquin Phoenix with a with a peanut M M&M and M on his head, or a Hershey Kiss, or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> you know what was even worse? What was that movie? The Wind, or what? What other movie did he do okay. that was just? It was so shitty. The Air, Air the one with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I don't know. I, know, I stopped watching his shit. What was Airbender that called? Was horrible, but... The Happening. Oh, God. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Is that the one about the village? No, that was before that, the happening. Wasn't that the village? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the happening. The happening starts off very well, and then it just like after the first like ten minutes just derails into a horrible Marky Mark performance. It's it's the uh, it's the eco terror sort of thing, you know. Oh, where, such like, bullshit. The, yeah, what you was know, the, like just, the the Earth is essentially just the, t- the, the twist, itself. so to speak, is okay. yeah, the Earth oh, is going I to take the, back it everything by yeah. killing everyone. I saw yeah. the honest trailer, that kind of stuff. Oh, it's amazing. It's terrible. The honest trailer is better than the movie. <laughs> Honest trailers, that, are, I love that. Yeah, movie. yeah. if I if I haven't so seen good. a movie and there's an honest trailer, I'll check it out first. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, at least you know what you're getting yourself into. I, yeah, right. Exactly. All right, what's the last word, brother? Well, there there, there really isn't one because we haven't had a show in a long time. So no, really let's have, have somebody like. bitch about something. <laughs> uh, I mean the the only thing that I could say recently, which is something we've talked about before, um, uh, a lot of times we 
post uh, 99% of what we post is positive and the 1% of stuff that we post that's negative in any way or, or, or bad anyway, that's the stuff that people really share a lot. And somebody else noticed that uh, this week because <laughs> we, 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 I'm we, your tricks. Yeah, like, no, finally, you know, that somebody uh, he, he sees it from our perspective uh, where uh, the, the, I don't, I don't know if you know uh, the legendary Dobbs. It's this uh, small music venue in, in, in Philly, Philadelphia. Right? Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, it's the second in the, the past few weeks. Uh, no, uh, North Star Bar is also closing as well, or has closed. Um, and and uh, it, it's a trend that you see in any city, you know, where you know venues, you know, live and die, and it just happens. And you know, so we we don't try to venture there too too much, but uh, you know, it was something where a lot of Northeast PA bands have played there. And uh, just just recently, actually, so we figured it was worth talking about. So we mentioned that you know it closed and everything, and that was probably the most shared story of that particular week. It was it was last week, and uh, it, it's uh, you know somebody oh, it wasn't my article. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about you, Mark. It's all about you. At you, the end, at the so end of it's the only day. because you sort of had have wait your happy your your, your story was not in any PA scene. So <laughs> well, that that just shows that you don't like me. That's yeah. That's exactly it. <laughs> You would have got a lot of traffic, Rich. <laughs> yeah, next, the, next week you're not we, invited. We give, you, we give you hours to ramble every week. Uh, I am clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, Stephen said, it's, it's, uh, it's also pretty sad that I've seen this post shared about the Dobbs more than when they were still open and supporting local, more than when they were supporting uh, local artists and, and open. Uh, social media is indeed a strange creature. And I said, you know, we've noticed that too. You know, almost everything we post is positive, but the few negative things we write about are generally get more shares. It's sad, but, uh, you know, we still believe in posting good news as much as possible. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I could just sit there all day and post negative stuff. Uh, there's, uh, uh, I, I won't mention it, but there's a page that popped up uh, within the last few months where all the page does is share memes about how bad the area is, essentially, uh, for the most part. Is Not that, all of it. There's uh, some, you know, a lot of times they steal content from other people's uh, work and then uh, repost that as well. They steal other people's pictures and things without any sort of credit. And uh, this Facebook page has gotten, you know, tons and tons of likes and shares and so on and so forth and just blown up in the last few months. And it, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where if you do what people want, so to speak, is, you know, fight the good fight and put out good content and work real hard and that kind of stuff. You know, you, you, you're, you're fighting this uphill battle all the time. But if you just post, you know, stupid, mindless memes and negative stuff and the same jokes about potholes over and over and over and over again, people will just, you know, will, will constantly share that stuff. And it goes back to, you know, uh, what we were saying before about people just burying themselves in social media and their, their little world. And that's what they want to hear about. And they don't. Uh, want to you know picture things outside of that and you know we, we had talked about that um, when the uh, Scranton Fringe Festival came up uh, I noticed that uh, you know the organizers were were posting all this stuff about look at all the great things going on here because there was a lot of things going on uh, that, that was the the first month of, uh, first busy, week that's been, yeah, the first busy. week of October Fringe and yeah awesome. all those weeks around there there was just so much going on it was so vibrant the the, the local scene and um, I remember this this one guy kind of stuck out to me because uh, one of the organizers had posted, you know, look at all this stuff going on. And this guy 
basically shat all over it and said, no, none of that stuff is relevant to me. Why do I give a shit? You know, like, and it was like, whoa. Yeah, because like, the, the, the site is catered just for you. Dude. Yeah, it's yeah. just you specifically. It has nothing to do with anybody else. But he was just promoting all of the great stuff that was going on in the area. And this guy couldn't see past his perspective of, no, no, no. In my mind, Northeast PA sucks. There's nothing going on here. And I'm just going to believe that. And you cannot shatter my idea of what this area is or what people are doing here. I can't stand this positivity. Well, you maybe, know, like just, maybe, just maybe. didn't want, just didn't want to accept that in his but, brain. But, you know? but we're trying, like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to convince people to not be so fucking miserable? They are fucking miserable. You know, like <laughs> he didn't. You know, if he's pissed off because a tractor pull was not put on top on, on the list of cool things to do huh. around here. Next year, let him be. I, I you just, know, but be, but you know, Conor O'Brien says it. You know, be the change you want to be. Right. This guy wants to. You know, if it doesn't work, then find something for you, sir, because you need to find some happiness. Because life is fucking finite. And that that's the Amen. thing is there are so many great things going on that I think you can find you know good things to 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 write you know write about. But I th- I think people need to. Uh, to share those things and to talk about those things as well. Like I see people all day and that's all they do is they talk about negative things. Uh, they go on social media and they they bitch and they use it as their, uh, their you know. fucking diary. Yeah. Stop the, having social media be your diary, Chair. It's, it's awful. I don't use it as my diary. <laughs> do you, you're that's his alter ego. It's his alter ego. I do diary. not. Chair uh, is the chef from from the Muppets. He's <laughs> That's who he, he stirs the pot. But I, I don't post things from my personal life like, hey, guys, guess where I went today and here's a selfie. You posted like I, a four minute video about traffic. Don't tell me that you never <laughs> did that about you personally. Well, that's a legitimate that issue you that want, people are, are having, right? It's traffic, tantamount to pe- potholes. People can't stand the traffic on 81. so No like, one can, hmm. but I'm going to give you, they're doing construction. It's the same thing as going like, I hate climbing these stairs. It wasn't Why? construction. Because there's no elevator. There was no construction. Dude, it was no construction it's, mark. So what's the point? <laughs> He's trying, trying to get to the bottom what, but, of it. But what's the what? But what do you have an answer? Every time I come on the podcast. He brings this up. He's so because it, it blew so my mind. It He's blew so upset my mind that he did it. He's so upset that I'm trying to get to the bottom of a problem that so many people bitch and complain about. How dare I do that? You need a four minute video <laughs> about how awful. He Mar- did. Mark is. Yeah, you should get to the bottom. No, of get, not about, get how, to the, uh, not about yeah. how bad Mark is. Yeah, not, no, you not, should. Yeah, I no, you should. No, you definitely should. Yeah, get to the bottom of it. I don't think people would want to see that. I think I already think they know would, that. What's well, a podcast? They, they wouldn't have video to see it. about it. Not, not, not to be an egomaniac, but I'm sure people would want to see yeah. that. Yeah. How horrible yeah. I am. He needs to be brought down a notch. I think that Mark. Did. Yeah. No, I really do it. I got, no, pissed, I got pissed at you. So Jared, well, Patrice Jared, built him up. So now we got to tear him down. I love her to death. She's Tower of Babel. So, so Jared did. Here's the fu- here's the horrible thing about like all of this right now is that the Star Wars trailer came out last week or two weeks ago, which I thought was fucking awesome. And we were Amazing. shooting the movie. Right. And I told him, I said, we need to make sure that we're done by eight o'clock so I can watch the Star Wars trailer. So. I film myself. I do a reaction video to me watching the Star Wars trailer without telling anybody. Right? I didn't see it yet. It's it's on my phone. No, so, I, I I mean I didn't see it before I did. Made okay, my- so so Jared so Jared did a reaction video to the trailer without me knowing. So I thought it would be funny to do a reaction trailer or a reaction video to his reaction video to watching. 
That's a trail. Right. It was very meta. It went like four or five levels. <laughs> and then Jer did a reaction video to my reaction video of his reaction video of the Star Wars. Is that trailer. on YouTube? It, it is. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I can't it's, wait to see it's this. All so, on YouTube. so he told me he was going to come back at me, and I and I was prepared to be pissed. I was prepared to be like Jer. You know, you a line has been drawn. You're an asshole. I almost crashed my car. I was laughing my ass off so bad when <laughs> That's he did great. it. So. I, that might be the new thing: reactions to reactions to reactions. You got a new channel. Let's let's. That's do it. what we do. It, we do the, do the twenty. The reactions to the reactions to the reactions. Yeah, I mean, hey, it, it could definitely. It was it was funny. For, we incepted uh, very well. Two days or so. I don't think. You remember the one that we shot out there? Where yeah, you did you put that up? Yeah, and I don't think anybody cared at that point. It was kind of like, oh, oh right, he did he did my two. reaction to his reaction to my reaction to his reaction to the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> That's how many levels this went down of insanity. <laughs> oh, that's deep. I love it. Um, I'm sorry for your ignorant Facebook people. You have a lot of good things going on around here, like NEPA scene, like but, Tom Borthwick author, like me, like there's internet, a lot, there's a lot of good things going on. But for the people that always complain there's nothing to do around here, that's totally false. We could. Prove I said that, that when I lived in Orlando. Right. I right. said it's, that when I lived yeah, in LA. It's always the grass. I'm is like, oh, there's nothing greener. to do. Right. But we can. I just didn't want to do anything. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, people. Don't, that's what happened. Yeah, people don't get it. I could have went to Disney World, but every you, day, and I was like, "There's nothing to do." But were you looking for anything to do? Or was you always, just, but you're always looking. It was always like a DVD. Sure. Yeah. If if activity doesn't grab you literally, like if there's not something in your house put on by somebody else, some people just aren't going. That and that's and that's the thing. Like I don't I don't feel a desire to like physically exert myself to go do stuff. Yeah, that guy that guy who was complaining was just pissed about Fringe not having an event on his couch. <laughs> that might have yeah. been that yeah. might have been the problem. Or, you know, maybe he submitted and didn't get accepted. I don't I don't know. You have to be creative to submit. But here's it. But but it's 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 the whole like you can only please some of the people some of the time, not all the people all the time. Yeah, and, and it's, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, in general, no, we don't worry about it. We, we love it. Oh, yes, I, I think it's that's a whole. You should start a channel reacting to the hate, reacting to the Scranton haters. I mean, I, I would love making fun of those people because they're awful. And cool. doing, you know what we should do for you? Here's what we could do for any PA scene, right? Jer fancies himself a quote unquote actor, <laughs> so what we do is like some of the negative shit that you get. We'll put Jer in front of a camera, and he gets to yeah. give a dramatic reading. To oh, to be fair, our uh, here's what I see is our, know, our audience the negative stuff yeah, off. Our of audience uh, is is mostly very positive. They're into what we do, and they they like our stuff. So I'm not going to shit on our audience. Oh well, yeah, no, no, of course no, no, not. No, 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 no. The area overall, I think the problem is is that you know more people like just say people you're friends with on like i'm i'm friends with let's say a thousand two hundred people on facebook i think somewhere around there right and yeah exactly (laughs) and and of those people i mean how many of those people do i actually know you know what i mean so you see all kinds of stuff come up through your feed all the time and uh you know most of the time if you see okay this guy got arrested for pedophilia this guy got arrested for you know drugs this and that those are the stories that everyone is talking about all day long 
And all of the really cool stuff that's going on, all the really great positive things that are going on in the community just get completely drowned out because of that one guy that that week who did something terrible. Like all, yeah, there's, (laughs) there's, you know, there's seven days in the week and, you know, we're focused on the one person that one day that did this for a month and everything else just kind of gets drowned out. We don't talk about it or anything like Like, that. Like Malaysia. I want to see more people share those things. You mean, you mean Oceanic? Talk about those things. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with it's but we're fixated on the train wrecks we are we're we're so fixated on that so yeah i would love to see dramatic readings but it would have to be on there there's there i mean you can go on any local news site oh, any yeah, local yeah, yeah. media site there's just a million of them yeah, you know there's just people just poo-pooing on everything sure your community is really supportive. should we do should we do yeah maybe we can do twitter reads for you it's not like I, mean tweets it's more like i don't know if i'd want to do anything like that because i would Knowing the people around here, I would fear for my safety. <laughs> right? Hey, you're the <laughs> asshole who took my tweet and you think it's funny reading it like I'm some kind of... No, I just... I don't want I don't to. think you read it funny. I think you read it dramatically. Yeah. But I would be... Because, because, you, because you know as well as I know, as well as Rich knows, as well as Tom knows, when you say the words out loud, they sound a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right, that but, person will think twice. Maybe you will enlighten them. But then it's it goes back to the narcissism. The person who Damn. wrote that isn't going to think that way, and they're not. Gonna Maybe be they'll like, share it. They'll you get hits. No, come on. You don't have. They're not going to be like, "Gee, you're right." You I was to use their names. They're you could just you could just read it without saying who they are. I guess. Well, yeah, that's true. We could do that. Yeah, the yeah. best, the best, the best NEPA tweets of the week. <laughs> we'll do like a logo. <laughs> Any PC I, I can't can wait. share it. We'll f- It'll we'll be find awesome. Oh, I, th- be I think me, me and uh, that'll be your, your most popular feature. Seriously, yeah. Why don't we do that? Why don't we get like all of our friends to do that? We'll set up a camera and we'll just and we'll just almost oh, there's, like there's a lot tweets. of there's a lot of local actors, yeah. comedians, things like I, that. Yeah, yeah. Really like funny. dramatic readings of tweets. We'll do me. That'd be hilarious. Lee Schaefer. And Jimmy Reynolds. Yeah. It'll be us. Jimmy's it, always it, wanted to be a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Jimmy Jimmy does great voices too. Jimmy does the best oh voices my God. ever. He could. Oh God. Yeah. He could do the voice. I'll it's see if voice. they're down for it. It'll give <laughs> us right, something fun to do. Yeah. We gave birth to something very special here. Yeah. yeah. And I still want to do your short. That sounded dirty. But, whoa. But I'm, I whoa. didn't say I want to do your shorts. I want to do your short. <laughs> How many pages is it? Uh, It's only six. So I would have to, I mean, I'd have to write it into a screenplay, which I don't think would be hard, but it's, it, there's, there's no dialogue. I mean, perfect. That? There you go. Oh, uh, also, uh, what are plans for Celestium when it's done? Uh, okay. So we, I don't know the timeline because obviously Lindsay, uh, one computer. Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, um, I mean, she's got her day job, so that takes priority understandably. So, but she's coming close to being done and then, uh, then it's going to get scored. And then once she's happy with whatever the final product is, we'll, We'll get it out there. I had originally thought in my head, but there's no confirmation that it'd be out between uh, th- locally have a premiere between Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas. I, I mean, hopefully that timeline is accurate. But if not, then after the holiday, we'll screen it locally, and then the plan is to get it to film festivals. Right. Um, okay. So we'll, you know, I, I really hope that we can get it out there and and see what happens with it. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, it looks beautiful. Uh, the acting is stellar. I mean, everything is great. So, I mean, I, I'm not. Yeah, a, but everybody that worked on it, and that's that's, it's one of those things that you poo pooed on, Jer. But to see a whole group of people come together for a common goal, clicked. to have it to have it work like that, and you didn't have any assholes, man. Everybody that worked on that was awesome, phenomenal. I mean, I can't say enough good things. Like I said, I genuinely feel undeserving of having this made of one of my stories. So, uh, I mean, I'll keep everybody updated, but 
you know, uh, if I'm doing being an optimist, maybe before Christmas, but I mean, I don't want it to conflict with Star Wars, so I'm going to try and push for it to be after. <laughs> I'm going to push, for, I'm gonna push for the premiere Star December 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? You go get to see your thing and, and then go see. It may, it may, maybe it'll be a pre-screening. In the parking lot. I'm, in I'm all right, but Cinemark. <laughs> oh, um, speaking of. Uh, Stop talking. We're almost done. What's going on? <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. So many things that are relative. What's going on with that theater in the Steamtown Mall? That's being going to be like a steampunk themed dinner theater. Okay. So private ownership, I assume. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Yep. So that might be. Um, what are you an, trying to get an in for a gig? No, that might be an, another possibility. A venue. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Oh, if we haven't decided happen. on a venue yet, but that actually that would be freaking cool. Well, actually, the new theater would probably be the best. Yeah. Whenever that gets open, well, do they have a timeline on that? Uh, I th- I think they just settled on it on the lease, so I think they're probably renovating as we speak. Actually, yeah, they are renovating as we speak. So, so probably, man, they probably want to open for Star Wars. That's gonna be huge. It's gonna be so big. I, I'm gonna see. Can't wait. Mandingo big. It's gonna be fat. Yeah, <laughs> fat big, yo. We good? <laughs> yeah. All uh, right, guys. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. This was a blast. For, thanks for taking the time. Bring me back as much as possible. In lieu of Jer, sure. <laughs> <laughs> In lieu. <laughs> and with that said, thanks for dealing with my presence again, everyone. It was a chore. But <laughs> but an apology you, you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and uh, you know thank thank you everybody who tuned in and uh, you know waited so patiently for us to come back and uh, you know we hope to see you on the next episode. We're back, and we're say, back. That's the give bitches. Voice. Give me a good like. We're back. We're back. That's it. I've never seen you yell like out of joy. I, I want to hear you out yell. of joy. Yeah, you're always like, and these assholes. <laughs> I want you. I want you. To, I want you to be like, it's a great day to be alive. Exactly that? in that voice. <laughs> today's today's not that day. <laughs> in that voice, Jerry. Yeah, it's a great day to be alive. <laughs> what? Jesus! I'm following my dreams. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm so happy, you guys. <laughs> if I could get any happier, I would shit a unicorn, shitting rainbows, and eating <laughs> skittles. It would be amazing. Yeah, but we're back, everybody. Thank you. Bye.